You're listening to RazRadioLive.com, home of uh, uh, the first 52, uh, uh, In Focus with Shifty, and uh, uh, In the Ladies Room, and uh, uh, oh, what the hell, yes, LRWS, and a bunch of other fine programming. Uh, make sure you donate. Uh, uh, okay, what's in the website again? RazRadioLive.com. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, uh, yeah. deep a deep If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking until you do succeed. RazRadioLive.com with retards. Come on, we gotta fight it out. We gotta build a strong base, and someday we gotta knock those motherfuckers who control this thing right on their ass. I think people will make an enormous difference if they speak out. And people should not be afraid to speak out. One should not be silent because they don't think their voice will have an effect. People do have an effect if they stand up. And just by standing up, they are protecting those who are targeted right now. operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part, and you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop, and you've got to indicate to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. I'll see you.
dream is a sad delusion But sometimes It's true So now we're talking about this I'm starting to lose my confidence And no one ever says a word about So much that happens in the world Hey, this is Jack Blood, your radio gun from DeadlineLive.info and the Jack Blood Show. You're listening to The First 52 with Sean, Raz Radio Live. Stay bold.
This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. Well, we all know what that means. It must be Saturday night. It is. It's Saturday night. You're listening to the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com, uh, July 27th, a little after 9 o'clock. Uh, we've got a Interesting evening ahead of us. Uh, of course, Dave and I and Lexi will, will talk topics and news the first hour. We're going to have a special guest, uh, Dimitri, and Dimitri, I hope I get your last name right, Vassilaro. Uh, he'll be joining us in the second hour, 10 o'clock. And then the third hour, we got a very, very special announcement from our good friend, Mr. Frank Castle. So that should be interesting to hear what he has to tell us. I think you'll all be excited to hear this. It's, uh, it's well worth hearing. It's definitely something that's going to bring a... A lot of goodness to where we sit right now. How you doing, Fort Toad? I'm doing good. How about you? Well, I'm not bad. A little sunburn, a little tired, a little headache going on here. So, uh, you know, i got to pull myself together here, get ready to, to keep on rocking through the night, I guess, right? Well, yeah, I watched you pop that beer, so it can't be that bad. <laughs> well, i got to, you know, medicine, got to get it down. <laughs> right. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah, you know, every once in a while it helps out well. And of course, oh, yeah. over, over here to my right is my wonderful, lovely wife, Lexi. How you doing, honey? Hello? There you go. I got uh, to turn you up first, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, well, How are you it's feeling? not working. Um, weird, because I took a nap, and now I just feel weird. That's it. That, that's for both, for both of us. Yeah, let's try that we again. We never do that. No, that so happened to really both crazy. of us. We came back from the beach, and it kind of just laid down, and don't know what the hell happened. So you mean to tell it? You mean to tell me that we're all off our game tonight? Yeah. I wouldn't say we're off our game. Yes, we are. Oh, you think so? Yep. Okay, she thinks yeah, I'm so. T- for, for some reason, I'm just I'm in this cranky fucking mood all day today. You in a cranky mood? I could never imagine that. I didn't even, you know, I didn't even open up my shades today. So the shades are the first thing I do. I wake up, open up the shades, and let the sun. Well, that's why you're in a cranky mood. Possibly, but I just didn't feel like, I, I don't know, I didn't even feel like talking about it, but it's just, it's odd that I feel this way. Yeah. I should feel good. I, I finally got confirmation of my disability. I'll start getting payments soon, and, uh, you know, my life, my life is, I got my life back. Sometimes, though, when you're waiting for something, and then you know it's coming, and it's getting so close, but it's still not there, and you get frustrated because it's not there yet... I believe you are you are hitting the nail right of the head because you know here I am like here's another fucking Saturday where I can't go out of the house because I don't have enough money for fuel you know <laughs> blah 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 well you, know? you could have went just, sat by the pool you know I didn't even want to do that it was a nice day today too I just I don't know yeah. sometimes you got to get yeah. out of the house you got to get that sunlight in your eyes right away I think the the worst thing you did was not opening the blinds from the start ah eh, whatever I, you know every day, every so often I do a day like this and you know, I just roll with it just roll with it. Tomorrow I should be okay. No, actually, I'm I'm thinking by 11:05, things should be fine tonight. Frank gets on, <laughs> boom, we just wind up having a good time. So that would that sure might be, be okay. a big help, I'm sure. Um, yeah, so we got a, I got a bunch of topics I want to talk about. Some of it I want to make sure we save over for 
uh, when Dimitri joins us. There's a couple things that we definitely want to touch base with him. Uh, he's a he's a, a libertarian talk show host, terrestrial talk show host, uh, out mm. of Pittsburgh. Um, so I'm, it's going to be interesting talking with him. Uh, I have spoke with him on the phone. Uh, we I think we talked for like an hour a couple weeks ago, setting this interview up. Uh, so he's got some great points of view. Uh, he agrees with a lot of what we talk about. Uh, even even I've seen him retweet my chemtrail pictures and things like that. So uh, what was that? Fifteen minutes. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm I'm excited to talk with him again um, and get his side of of things and, and life and and the world. Uh, we're starting right off tonight. Obviously, since we're in a bad mood, uh, let's see what Blind Lawrence has to say. Uh, hey guys, how's it going out there? Good man, how you doing? Uh, it's going fantastic. Just one to. Uh, I just wanted to remind everybody that our interview with uh, Sarah Slayman will be uh, will be taking place August, uh, this coming Friday, August second, at seven thirty p.m. on the LRWS. So I uh, hope everybody tunes in and uh, checks it out. Yeah, and we'll make sure we keep pumping that. Uh, that's the girl that uh, was in the uh, Texas House Assembly that got arrested. So I'm I'm really excited to hear her interview and yep, hear what that, she has to say. Yep. Yep. That's correct. And uh, she was on Bill Maher uh, last night, and I checked out the uh, video of it uh, today. So I listened to that a little bit, so I could, you know, tweet, tweet like, me a link to that so I can check it out later tonight yeah, yeah. or tomorrow. All right, you got it, man. All right, brother. Have a good night. All right, take it easy. Peace. There goes Lawrence. Quick inner uh, little promo for his uh, for his uh, interview next week, and that's going to be a great interview. Um, I'm excited to, to again hear how it goes, hear what she has to say. I don't agree with all of her politics. Uh, political views or, or uh, social views, but the fact that she got drug out for just speaking her mind and telling the uh, the city councilwoman and men, uh, people that they were uh, idiots and that uh, she had the right to re- re- uh, redress them. So I'm looking forward to it. She had the right, but they didn't let her do it. Yeah, well, we see that a lot of times with stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, isn't it amazing how they don't follow their own rules? Yeah, so actually, they don't. They don't follow the rules, the initial rules that we set for them. And then they make their own rules and then don't follow them later on down the road. Yeah, it's a it's a sad state of affair that we're in. And then when you you know you and I always go back and forth about hating the cops and not hating the cops, and uh, you know we have a different belief pattern here uh, as far as that goes. I think you know there are good cops out there. I think there are cops that are going to try to do the right thing. But then again, we see exactly what we were just referring to. Um, things go back and forth. And when you have the good cops, they don't want the good cops. Uh, so I'm going to play this real fast. Everybody take a listen to this whole mess here. And uh, we'll discuss this on the other side as soon as it decides to uh, load up for me there. <laughs> Hello. Got Testing, one, two, three. <laughs> when I first heard about the quotas, I was appalled. You know, I got in law enforcement because I wanted to serve and protect, not be a bully. You're way beyond encouraging productivity at this point. Now you're, you know, you're, you're encouraging police officers to act unlawfully. Auburn, Alabama is home to sprawling plains, the Auburn University Tigers, and a questionable police force. After the arrival of a new police chief in 2010, the department entered an era of ticket quotas, a common thread tying Auburn PD to other departments in Alabama and even nationwide. Air Force veteran and Auburn native Justin Hanners was a police officer on the force who felt compelled to speak out. The role of police in society, I believe, are to interfere with the lives of the people as little as possible, but protect them from, you know, the, the 1% element that wants to victimize them. You know, let them be free to, to live their lives, but protect the people and the property. And that's, that's what they pay us to do. 
when I first started in 2006, everything was great. Morale was high. The officers, we had cookouts together. We worked hard and, you know, we pushed each other to be our best and, uh, you know, had great relationship with the public. But uh, in 2010, things just immediately took a turn. Auburn PD's new police chief, Chief Dawson, had new priorities and new marching orders, orders that the chain of command obeyed without objection. Justin recorded conversations between his sergeant, Sergeant Neal, and the other officers to keep tabs on any foul play. He came in and, you know, they immediately started pushing for tickets. Officers will have 100 contacts per month for minimum. 40 of those may be warnings for traffic. The other 60 will be divided between traffic citations, non-traffic citations, field interviews, and custodial arrests. Do not be one that does not get 100. That's 72,000 contacts a year in like a 50,000 person town. One thing Sergeant Neal did was the rod and the carrot method. You know, if you didn't get the, the number of tickets he wanted, if you didn't get the 100 contacts, you get mandatory overtime, you know, you get written up. But if you did do well, the officer who wrote the most tickets and the one that came in second were given gift cards for like steak dinners and things like that. Quotas uh, pervert police priorities. Bradley Balco is an investigative journalist for the Huffington Post and author of the new book, Rise of the Warrior Cop. He says that these quotas are an invitation to corruption and bad policing. There's going to be a strong uh, incentive for police officers maybe to find offenses where they didn't exist. Sergeant Neal started instructing me and my partner to arrest people that we didn't feel like had broke the law. Stay active it's Saturday night. It was one, I think it was a, maybe Friday or Saturday night, one of the, the big bar nights. We saw a, a guy walking on the sidewalk. He was staggering a little bit, but he was, you know, walking quietly to himself. He was on the sidewalk, wasn't stepping out in the street. We thought, well, it's clear he's been drinking. We'll at least contact him make sure he's okay. So we get out on him, we contact him. He knows who he is, where he is, where he's going. We determined that he's good to go, we let him go. Well, our sergeant saw it and told us to go back and arrest him. He pointed to me and said, you need it for your stats. So I told him it's not about what I need, it's about what he needs, and he doesn't need to go to jail. So he got out of the car and, and you know ordered us to arrest him, and I still refused, and my partner, you know, scared for his job, you know, went ahead and arrested the guy and took him to jail for public intoxication. So you have a policy that encourages police to create petty crimes and to ignore serious crimes, uh, and that's... I mean, that's clearly the, the very opposite of what we, want, what we want police officers to be doing. Justin repeatedly expressed his concern about the quotas and the way things are being handled to his entire chain of command. He followed up with a formal grievance process to the director of public safety, but to no avail. The director said that these requirements were necessary for increasing productivity. You have to question the leadership there if... if um, officers need to have that sort of incentive just to perform their jobs. I think personally that it's, it's revenue driven. At the same time that they're trying to raise property taxes, the same time they're trying to raise sales taxes, they're pushing us to get more tickets. And they're telling us they don't want these little fix-it tickets. They tell us that they want, quote, meat tickets, something with a fine. They'll look over your tra traffic log, and if you've got a bunch of low fine or no fine tickets, they're going to tell you to switch and do more speeding, more red lights, more, more, you know, things like that. There's not that many speeders. There's not that many people running red lights to get those numbers. So what officers do is lower their standards. When you're issuing citations, you're forcibly taking money from people, from citizens, um, and you're, you know, you're putting points on their driving records. I mean, you're inhibiting their freedom in a lot of ways. These kind of policies, the, the ticket quotas and the heavy hand enforcement will affect the, the lower income populations the most. And when you write somebody two or three $164 tickets in a month, they've got to make some choices that month. You know, that's, you know, 
that that's you know groceries you know that's maybe food or clothes for kids that might be you know a car or house payment it wasn't long before justin had to start worrying about his own finances after the department made it clear that if he continued to speak out it would cost him his job during the grievance process they try to squash on technicality you know they try to talk me out of it you know try to buddy buddy up with me get it to drop it then they, once all else failed, they started threatening my job and my career, warned me that there'd be consequences for doing this. I had no intention of dropping. You know, at this point, I, I had no choice. I had to, I had to keep going forward, and, and if I stopped, it, nothing would have changed. That just would be another, you know, minor hiccup. Justin was fired, and while the department declined Reason TV's request for information on the case, Justin says he was ultimately fired for violating a gag order. Okay. When they, they called me and fired me, you know, the first thing that went through my mind was my kids. You know, I'm the, the primary breadwinner. I don't know how the bills are going to get paid, and, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do as far as a new career. You know, all my eggs were in this law enforcement basket. You know, it's what my calling was. It's what I've always wanted to do. Justin hasn't found a new job. He's currently looking for a lawyer to take up his case and sue the department. Though, after reaching out to the Police Benevolent Association for guidance, he found out that his grievances were actually pretty common. They're like, basically, here we go with this again. It's a problem in more places than Auburn. This is a frequently occurring thing and it's a battle with a lot of different officers and departments. While Justin will continue his battle on the legal front, he thinks that the fastest way to get the city back on track is public accountability. Once the people know they can hold their elected officials accountable and then it, it'll change. You know, officers have tried for years to change it from the inside and they're either forced out or just leave from frustration and, and what you end up with is a police department where the good officers have been run off and you have a bunch of officers just willing to play the game. They want to be the bullies, you know, they want to show how bad they are with the badge, and that's what you get left with. So that, you know, Dave, that's what we talk about all the time when we talk about this stuff and we get into a, a disagreement between you and I, um, that there are good cops out there, and this is exactly what I mean, is, is they're getting pushed out, they're getting uh, fired, they're quitting because they can't get anywhere with it, and, and that we need to stand up and support those police officers because they can make the difference. They can, um, you know, with the support of the people around them, can... It's obvious that they can't make a difference. It, even the guy said so. That, you know, because they, they get pushed out they, or they get, uh, they get fucked with. You know, there's a guy in New York who, who said some shit and uh, they, they, tra they, they shifted his position to, like, the Bronx at night shift. The system is corrupt from the top to the bottom. No, and see, that's where we disagree. It's not corrupt from the top to the bottom. It's corrupt at the top, and the people at the bottom are trying, just like the picture you sent me, to keep their fucking jobs. You know, I put up with shit at my job where I would have loved to have quit multiple times, but I can't because I need to pay my child support. I need to help support my house. And I understand that, and it's a, we need to stand up and support those guys that are trying okay. to make a difference. So money justifies being a, a bad cop? No, of course not. That's, did I say well, that? that's what did, you're did, saying to me. Did I say that? Did I say not that? Not in those words, but he can't do anything. The cops can't do anything because they need Because they nobody's need the backing job. them up. Nobody's supporting them. Nobody's, you know, we can make change well, as citizens. We can make uh, change as citizens by, you we, know. We can't make change. What are we going to do, right. vote? I, you know what? I'm not going to argue this shit with you because we're both in bad moods. We can make this change. true. We can make change by putting in the right police chiefs, by mm. standing up by these guys when they start saying shit and talking about it and putting it out there so people know. The world is changing right now. It's going to go one of two ways. It's going to go into complete tyranny or we're going to fucking actually change it. And it's time that we actually change it. Instead of going, oh, we can't do anything. It's corrupt from the top. Oh, it's all fucked. Just screw it up. No, we have to change it. You're still here. You haven't left yet. So you have to stand up for it and help and make the change. If you don't want to help make the change, then what the fuck? 
You see what I'm saying? You can't just, oh, it's, it's corrupt, we can't do anything. Well, we have to try. If we don't try, then we're fucked. Well, what if you think that you can't do anything? I don't I mean, think reality, I can't do anything. The, 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 right, so you can't do anything. Right? I don't you and think. I cannot, we can't do anything about it. And the only thing we could do about it is talk about it, and that's what we do every week. That's um, doing something about it. That's putting it out in the public eye. It's making people think about it. It just makes us feel better. That's, that's the reality of it. Because people that, that are listening to us are either for us or against us, and they'll fight us, and they'll say, like, Buzzy will say, well, you know, who's, who's protecting you? Nobody's protecting me right now. I'm protecting myself. Nobody protected me when they stole my car. Nobody protected me or my mother when they got robbed. It's, it's your job to protect yourself, exactly. But we still need to have some kind of accountability for these people. We need to stand up for the ones that are trying to do right. It's just like with the military. You know, there's, the, there's good people in the military who won't do bad things. And then, as uh, Kevin had told us the other day, there, there's ones that will just follow the orders. Well, they're, they're not educated properly because they're just trying to do their job. Everybody just wants to do their job, which they should be able to just do, do their job and do it right and not have to worry about this bullshit. Well, their job is to enforce laws, right? Yes, that is their job. Just laws and follow the rules of the Constitution. Do they not have to... What, are you choking on a carrot again? Mm -hmm, The last one. (laughs) Jesus. Dave's eating carrots on air. Uh, It looks like we're going to have a busy phone night tonight, Dave. Imagine that. I got a caller from uh, 321 Area Code. Who's that? Hello, caller. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, it's Spicoli. Hey, Spicoli. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good, man. Hey, uh, good show. Uh, it's about the second or third time I've actually heard you guys live, so uh, I'm glad to be able to call in. But uh, I wanted to give you an up- update on uh, I'm actually turned to all-natural foods, and uh, I know that you, you Sean, and, and your wife are kind of on all the you know, the organic kick, and I've actually started doing a, a personal trainer and a workout routine. And... Um, I want to say that, first of all, preservatives fucking suck. Yes, they do suck very much. They're kind of in everything, and they, too. <laughs> and they are. They, they, they make you feel like shit. Um, I'm about 48 hours into actual food. Uh, I'm eating five meals a day. Uh, things like apples, cottage cheese, uh, uh, grass-fed beef, uh, hormone-free chicken, brown rice, everything like that, and I gotta say that I'm feeling a lot better once I actually switched my diet to something that, that is actual fucking food that most people in America don't get. What chimed you or what made you want to do that? Why did you decide to finally do that? Uh, just change in life, bro. Um, I, I will be honest, uh, Blind James, I know you know about Blind James, uh, I've offered to be tested for a kidney and everything like that, and I'm kind of trying to get in a healthy mode just for chance that I'm actually the match that he needs. And um, there, there's a lot of other things in my own life that I'm trying to improve. But uh, a lot of things besides your show and, you know, Ledge's show, and there's a lot of other things that I think a lot of people need to realize that, first of all, people lose their uh, their health ways. I mean, people want to eat things that they think are healthy and whatnot, but a lot of things in your current society that are available for you to purchase rather than for you to cook have almost no nutrition value whatsoever right and that's but part of why we s- that's part of why we see the obesity problem in this country uh, that is a big oh, reasoning yeah. because you're eating empty calories your body never really feels 
uh, uh, nourished and it never feels full. So it's const people are constantly eating and just shoveling this crap down their throat, and then they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, I used to eat about two, three meals a day, and I would eat big meals, and I usually didn't try to eat processed food. Some of it was uh, not much fast food. Every once in a while, I'd get a fast food, but eating fresh food and cooking it for yourself, I mean, I just actually sat down and had some cottage cheese and apples and then a spoonful of peanut butter, and I mean, that shit filled me up and, and satisfied me more than anything I've ever had yep. in in a while, and uh, concentrating on, you know, non-hormone, organic things as well, too. I just had a personal trainer, and when you look at the foods that they actually recommend for you and you try the foods that aren't recommended, there's a huge difference. And uh, you guys have been preaching this for a while, but I just wanted to give credence to uh, what you have always said. I mean, I know you're always a big guy on, you know, getting natural foods, making your own stuff. I heard you a while ago say that you were trying to make your own toothpaste and whatnot. Are you still doing that? Yeah, Lexi. Well, actually, that's Lexi's end of the game. She's uh, she's working on toothpaste and sunscreens and and all different kinds of, of things. You know, that's what they talk about on her show on on the Natural Affair. Is is how can you do this stuff on your own and and make yourself healthy via doing it? Um, and it it really just makes a big difference what you're doing. I mean, I just saw the picture. You don't even look the same. You know, you look completely. <laughs> you look really good, by the way. Um, so. Thanks, bro. Look super spiffy. You should retweet that back out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go find and, uh, it I'm, and I'm get, tweet it out now. I'm getting a lot of respect from the ladies, which I do uh, <laughs> I do enjoy that. I'm but, sure. Um, <laughs> now, now I, uh, are, 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 have you ahead. cut everything else out? Are you still, uh, are you still well, drinking? Okay, let me, are you still uh, smoking? I'll be honest. I don't, I don't smoke. It's been 72 hours since I've had any cannabis whatsoever. So... I mean, I'm, I'm kind of feeling that, you know, a little stressed. I actually just uh, tweeted out earlier, I'm, I'm drinking. Uh, I actually upped a little bit of my drinking, but rather than have the extra carbs and drinking beer, I've, I've switched to liquor. And it's not the best thing because I'm not trying to become an alcoholic, but uh, I've, I'm smoking cigarettes, no weed, and a little bit of alcohol. But besides that, I have so much energy that I can't even, I mean, I can't even fathom. I mean, I know that you're, you, Sean, you're a daily user of, of you know, the, the organic type of substances, and it's great. I, I found that since I cut it out, I've kind of been able to, I've had more energy. My concentration has gone down. I will admit that. Uh, right. I can't concentrate as much. But uh, the 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 ability to enjoy good foods. When I was high, I just wanted shitty foods. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand why, but I just wanted shitty foods. That was it. Well, because it was and convenient and easy. That's probably more of the reason for that. Uh, would be my I'm guess. I'm sure. I'm and sure. And I'm, I'm actually. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and then you get used to it. You, you're doing the convenience food, you know, going to McDonald's for lunch, and all of a sudden then you go to McDonald's for lunch and then Burger King for dinner. And, you, you know, it's convenient to do that shit. And not only that, there's not enough nutrients in that food, so it doesn't fill you up, and then you wind up eating more. And it's, it's really, it's, it's fucking garbage, man. It really well, is. I actually don't eat, I don't eat fast food. The one thing, I, I don't drink soda, I don't eat candy, I eat pastries very rarely, I don't have hardly any processed sugar. My biggest thing is that I wasn't eating enough. I would I would just not eat shit food. And uh, uh, getting a personal trainer, they're actually trying to coach me into saying you need natural fats is what you need to try to gain weight. And uh, I'm on you know I'm eating uh, raw pecans, raw almonds. I've got fresh avocado, uh, organic peanut butter, non-processed, unsweetened things like that that I'm switching to rather than 
I never really ate. McDonald's would be like maybe every two weeks, maybe. And I don't eat burger, any of that other fucking shit. Don't eat. Uh, processed foods such as frozen, I, I will I will say that I was guilty of trying to eat those types of things. But switching to completely natural and fresh foods and organic, organic compared to natural, I actually had a conversation with somebody saying that natural, you know what natural is? Can, can somebody explain to me what natural is? Or, or in your definition of what natural is? I think Alexi, I think Alexi could probably fill that one in. Good, good, Alexi. Let me, let me hear what you have to say what a natural food would be. Well, there's a, there's a difference between natural and organic, and I think that's, there's a point where people get confused where they think if they're eating natural foods that they don't have antibiotics in them, that they don't have, they weren't ever pesticide treated at some point, or they're not GMO, which isn't necessarily the case, and there are a lot of foods that are labeled natural that that aren't organic, and they aren't necessarily any healthier than say, packaging that's not labeled whatsoever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know what? Natural comes from nature, meaning that a pig is, is born from nature, correct? And every, every, every element of a pig would be natural, correct? Including its intestines, its anus, right. uh, its kidneys. So when you say natural ingredients, you might have pig anus in your, <laughs> in your right. food. That it, is basically, it doesn't mean anything because it could still it, be anything. It's in just there. A, it's a play of words to trick people is is what the the whole reasoning for it is. And I'm finding that out too uh, when you look at a, a lot of the natural foods. What? Go ahead. No, you just cut out. You're good, bud. Oh, I thought I was hearing uh, feedback. Uh, but when the natural foods and the organic foods are completely different. The organic foods I see are hormone fed. You know, like uh, I actually had a grass fed beef burger earlier today. It was fucking phenomenal. It's amazing the say. difference. It's amazing the difference in flavor. I mean, we go That's to the That's Sean's favorite thing. Yeah. I have to get the, the grass-fed beef for Sean because he's like, man, those are the best hamburgers ever. You can so tell the difference in flavor of the meat when you... And even chickens, like all the chicken we get and the size of them and the, the, the fat content, you can see the difference compared to this um, you know, chicken that comes from these... Uh, concentration camp that they raised a chicken in for the big chicken companies. Even the coloring too. Yeah, coloring. The pork is the coloring's well, different. You look at the bones too. That's the one thing we need to just talk about chicken. When I would, uh, I've worked in restaurants for a long time. When, uh, I worked in, uh, I'll throw them under the bus. I don't give a fuck. Ale House has uh, you know, massive chicken wings that they <laughs> they sell, but all of the uh, all of the bones themselves were broken and bleeding, which means that they were broken and bleeding before the chicken was dead. Mm-hmm. That usually is what happens, and it's because they're so close, you know, quarters, and 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 they're not, you know, free range or anything like that. They're just basically caged. And yeah. besides besides that, when I look at the blood and all that, I can't. I, I can only help but think of disease and fucking infection. <laughs> that's all I can. Think yeah. Of. Well, I'm, that's that's just it. They're they're juiced up on hormones and steroids, and they're sitting there in these teeny tiny cages, eating their own feces. I mean. This is disgusting if you really think about it. There's a difference in taste. There's a difference in the texture and look of meat when you know it's been in that condition as opposed to, I mean, you can actually see a difference when you start shopping either or. There's a difference in taste in the chicken, too. I remember before I got into the whole conspiracy world, um, I always said to people, you know, I don't understand why why kids are walking around and, and girls have 
you know, have, are developing humongous breasts at the age of 10, 11, 12 years old, or hitting, they're they're going into to, um, you know, womanhood at, you know, nine, ten, eleven. And I always said it was because of the hormones they were putting in the foods. And I really think that's part of what we're seeing, and why we see that development of of children growing like that, a large a large amount of obese children, um, a lot of different diseases and. These hormones, I think, have a lot to do with it that they inject into the uh, into the animals. Besides the fact that they're loaded with antibiotics and different things like that, and then we wonder why kids are getting sick is because when they start getting sick, we're adding more antibiotics, so their immune system is already weak to begin with because it's relying on the antibiotics that they've been fed through the, the the chicken and everything. And then you give them more antibiotics, and these diseases are just growing well beyond the control of antibiotics because of that. Not only that. Well, that's it's, it's killing right. your um, immune system um, so that you get sick easier from mm-hmm. everything else, so that you have to go to the doctor or go to the hospital or, or, or buy medication. It's all a fucking scam, man. And I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, happy to hear that you're eating so nutritiously. And, and you know, after you do it for a while... Um, and then you're gonna you're gonna be like hanging out with your boys or some shit like that. And you're gonna go to a, like a McDonald's or something like that, and you're gonna really taste how shitty that food mm-hmm. is. And you'll and get you... sick from it too. Trust me, I didn't eat let, McDonald's let me, forever. Let me, let me. I'll be honest and all everything. Let me. I, I want two uh, two things I want to touch on. I the whole last week I've been eating healthy. I had a cheat day because everybody says you know you can have a cheat day, and I was busy as fuck. So I stopped at McDonald's and got a bacon habanero ranch burger. And it tasted like fucking ass. I could taste mm-hmm. the salt that covered up the fucking flavor. Then I tasted the flavor that was shitty. Yep. And <laughs> I, I mean, that was the first time I had McDonald's in a long ass time. I was in a hurry, and you know, I'm not gonna lie. I heard Shannon and everybody else talking about that. I'm like, yeah, it sounds good, but it was shit, and it fucking sucked. Yep. And it's not real food. It's fillers. It's 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 absolutely almost no nutrition they say it's a calorie value you might get some calories from a mcdonald's meal but you, it, it's no nutritional value if you have 200 or i'm sorry 2,000 calories from a mcdonald's meal that's not the same as having fucking an actual meal with 2,000 calories right. there's a completely different nutrition standard that goes on there right and that's what i was saying um, about the empty the emptiness of that food guy what's your second point yeah the second thing is i was actually looking at my sister is 18. Uh, I, my boss's daughter is 18. I'm looking at the new generation of, of, of kids, not the males per se, but the females, and it seems to me that they're becoming smaller and smaller. I don't know if anybody has, has noticed this, but my sister's maybe like five foot three. My boss's daughter is maybe five foot. Uh, I, I've seen a, a couple other girls. I mean, every once in a while you see a, a, a tall woman, but... I've noticed that the women, not as much as the guys, but the women seem like they're getting shorter. Well, I, I, I don't it seems to me that the, the the guys are actually getting bigger to me, too. Like, I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but every high school kid I see, and I'm a small guy to begin with, but every high school kid I see is, like, towering to me and just big, you know? And I don't know if, if that, again, goes back to the hormones and, and the, the, the things they're putting in the food that's causing them to grow bigger and faster. I don't know. Yeah. Right, and that's just one of the things that I have noticed. Um, I, I don't know, you know, the diet of a lot of, actually a lot of the young kids don't have any good diet whatsoever. That's what, I was, I'm not that young, but I'm not that old. I'm only 27, but I was never really raised on proper nutrition. I'm not going to blame my parents for that because I think the hustle and bustle society kind of leads to most parents having to feed their kids whatever is available, whatever. Like my, 
my parents never fed me vegetables because I never liked them. So I never ate that. It's been like eight years since I've actually had a steady sustenance of vegetables. In the last week, I've been eating vegetables every meal, and it's made me feel a lot better. I don't think, you know, a lot of people get carbs, you know, you get your proteins, but that's basically it. A lot of people nowadays don't like any vegetables whatsoever. I'm guilty of it. I'm just kind of coming around. Hey, Eric. Uh, yeah. Eric, do you, do you have the uh, space to actually grow your own? Because wait till you get to that part where you go out mm. and you be, like I start. I just recently started growing peppers just as an experiment, and it's great. I just walk out to my lanai, clip a pepper off, cut it up, and boom, I got peppers and eggs for breakfast. My only thing is that my time constraints for being able to grow a small garden. I, I I like seeing what people do with their personal gardens. The yield it seems is so small. Compared to, I'm a single guy, so the thing about it is that if I grew a garden my own, I wouldn't have to really worry about growing that much. But I usually see that, you know, people's yield is, you know, four or five items per, per harvest. And that usually has the, you know, I, I would love to be able to take the soil. The, the, the property that I live in right now is shit. I don't have irrigation. Um, I could water my own plants, but, uh, the soil is shit. It's basically sand soil. You know how Florida soil is. Right. Um, yeah. It, it, I don't really have a good place to be able to do that. It would take me a lot to be able to set that up and have a good compost pile to be able to get the soil nutrient-rich for me to be able to grow my own stuff here. You don't have to. You don't have to go that far into it. Look, do what I did. Just get go to home, get a pepper plant. You know, it's almost like as long as you have sun and you water it once a day, you'll be fine. And if you keep it outside, especially in the summertime, it'll. I, I thought mine were dying because. On my lanai, I don't have enough sun at this point. So I put them outside. And uh, within a week, boom, I started getting new, new, new growth again. And I don't even water it now because it's outside and it's been raining so much lately. That I, I'm just like, I'm amazed that we're all not in this. And, and Salty, my father-in-law, he has his own garden. And he doesn't plant in the ground. Everything he has. And he, he at one time had a hundred and something tomato plants. He does everything in pots. He doesn't do it in the ground. Uh, so and he what? lived on two acres. He could easily do it, you know, if he wanted to go through that. But he finds it's easier to control to keep everything potted. And I've been looking at the hydroponics because there's a lot of other ways that you can do a hydroponic grow, you know, cycle. And for me, I mean, really, I, I went to the grocery store. I just spent a hundred dollars since I quit smoking weed. It's great because I have a lot of fucking money. <laughs> but I, just spent, I spent, uh, you know, a hundred bucks on groceries for the week, and I bought a, a lot of nice shit. But I was thinking, it's like, you know. For the amount of what I bought, like uh, what I just said, the harvest is very small. Well, if I had enough plants, you know, I just went and bought, you know, a bag of apples. I had, you know, eight apples in the bag. Uh, like I forget, you know, three or four. I can't really raise my own chickens. That's the biggest problem. Like, you can raise your own vegetables, but the biggest thing about, you know, protein, and protein is a major, you know, water and protein are the two most important things for sustenance of life. And protein is, is hard for people to raise and that's the one uh, I've actually found a butcher that I was recommended by my uh, personal trainer called Freshfield Farms which is not it's, it's a store but they have their own you know meat market it's, it's comparable to like Whole Foods but even Whole Foods I find is kind of Shitty. I mean, I don't know if you guys have shopped at Whole Foods. No, but there's before. been a lot of there's been a lot of talk about Whole Foods and how they um, you know they 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 are not really doing the things they should be doing and that they uh they were against a gmo labeling so i don't really recommend them uh, lexi found a nice net what's that place called you go to it's called earth origins earth origins i don't know if they're all over the place or not right i just know that i actually do i quite like them 
Yeah, so it, if good. you can find a good, you know, that one sounds like it's good, just make sure. That's the hardest thing is, is being able to trust in these people and believe in them. Like, we go to a, a German butcher. You know, they, they, they speak broken English in there. Um, it's, you know, it's... <laughs> is grass-fed. <laughs> He's grass-fed. He's grass-fed. That, that was Russian. <laughs> well, Eric, there's also, there's there's collectives that you can go to. You know, find a local yeah. farm and, uh, you know, get yourself into a, uh, a collective and you... You get to once a month. You get, get to pick out, or once every two weeks, you get go there and pick your fresh farm, fresh farm. Sh- you know, yeah. That and that <laughs> and and um, it, we we were talking about hydroponics. Look into aquaponics if you haven't heard of that yet. Uh, aquaponics is where you actually use a fish tank, and you grow on the top of the fish tank, and the water filters through the fish tank up into the garden, waters the garden, and then comes down and gives nutrients to the fish. Right, well, cool. I think it's I think it's I think it's the opposite. I think it's the the water because of the fish that's in there. It actually creates the nutrients and then goes up. It's like a closed loop system. Right. Hydroponics, you have to add all this shit. But once you got your your uh, what's it called again? Aquaponics. Uh, aquaponics. Yeah. Once you get the aquaponics thing set up, it's set it and forget. I mean, you got to maintain. But uh, I don't think you really have to add nutrients. I think the fish, the fish shit, right. uh, the stuff that's in there, um, it actually. That takes Greece. care of the garden for you for the right. most place part. And one of the beautiful things about even the hydroponic systems that they have set up now, um, there are a lot of closet systems. That are, uh, when people think of hydroponics, I, don't, I, I guess I'm just a weed head, so I think of weed <laughs> when I think of hydroponics. But like hydroponics in itself really have to do with any type of vegetation that can grow. And there are great... They're, they're almost like a circular system. Have you seen them? They're, they, it's weird. It's like... The plants in themselves would be hanging upside down on top and, you know, right side up on the bottom. It's a complete circle. And the plants in themselves grow inside of a circle with the light in the center. And it's very uh, uh, space compatible. You can put it in a closet. Um, and it can, you can grow all different types of, of organic material, whatever you want to grow. Right. Um, and since I'm, like I said, I'm familiar with weed type of stuff, I'm trying to bring that into eating healthy and and such a stuff like that. Uh, let me ask you, Sean, do you know about uh, Celtic sea salt? Celtic sea salt? I think I've heard of it. I don't know much about it, uh, but I have heard that thrown around before. You need to try it because I've actually just started using that, and it's non-iodized, and I had asked my personal trainer at length about, you know, iodine is kind of an essential. It, it's been known to be an essential thing for your diet. Right. Yet Celtic sea salt has no iodine in it. it is kind of clumpy in itself as you see that iodized sea salt or any actually i don't even care about fucking sea salt or anything most salt that you have does not clump together this salt uh is is clumpy it it almost still has the same moisture and apparently it's just it comes from uh, a celtic lake over yeah celtic is irish so it's somewhere over in the uk or europe but they sun dry it it's nothing extra added into it and there's even little particles you can see or you know like like additional nutrients from whatever the lake bit, but I swear to God, it tastes just as good as sea salt, and I've had it recommended as being the most heart healthy. It doesn't, you know, salt would make you retain water if you use regular salt. Right. Correct. Right. Okay. Well, Celtic sea salt does not do this. See, we tend to, we, use, we use a lot of kosher salt uh, as our main ingredient for when we need salt. Um, we don't really use the ionized uh, iodized uh, salt that at all. Uh, I can't even think the last time I used it. Uh, except for, I guess, maybe if we're out at a restaurant or something like that. 
But yeah, we use we use uh, kosher salt, and that's what we've been using for years. But I'll, I'll have Lexi look into that one. And I think that iodized, you know, shit is just a basically, you know, big fucking racket because iodine in itself is a chemical, and um, it. <laughs> I don't. I don't really feel that that would actually add anything else to it. it as you say, there's many things that I say are great for your diet, but I don't think it's actually necessary or essential for every single person to live a healthy life. Well, plus, now, plus this stuff you need to take in in its natural form, not in a processed or chemical form. So, you know, if they say that you need iodine in your in your system, um, then you can take an iodine supplement that's a natural one that would probably be a hell of a lot better for you than throwing a bunch of, you know, iodized salt on your food. And even iodine kind of meets the, the potential of saying that if there's an ingredient that has three syllables in it, it's kind of processed. <laughs> yeah. If I look at something and it's got three syllables in it, iodine, three, right there. You, you, carbohydrates, that's three, but, you know, whatever, fuck it. <laughs> it's, 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 it takes a lot of investigating. It takes a lot of research to make sure you're getting this stuff down. You know, Lexi's been really hard working on this. I let her handle that end of it. Um, but that that is an important part is, is making sure you're doing your research. It sounds like you're definitely doing that. So you know, I'm I'm really glad to hear you're going this path. Uh, I hope it it continues to go well for you, man. Thanks, bro. Hey, uh, one last question. I'll let you guys go. Lexi, do you know anything about almond butter compared to peanut butter? Um, I haven't looked in too much into almond butter. Uh, the store that I go to does fresh ground peanut butter. Um, my son eats a lot of peanut butter. That's almost probably his favorite thing ever in existence anywhere. Uh, so we go through a lot of that. I don't know if almond butter is practical for us because it would cost more. But I, I'm sure, uh, you know, if you're getting organic almond butter, that it would be, you know, fine if you enjoy it. All right, cool. Yeah, because when I actually switched to the organic peanut butter, I actually noticed it. Organic peanut butter is actually smoother than like a pe- if you get like a Skippy or a Peter Pan or anything like that. It's got a, a, a more of a gritty consistency. If you get organic peanut butter, it's it's like smooth. Yep. Like it, yeah, and I it's you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's from all the oils in it, it because I think that sort of I don't know. It's smooth, well, yeah, because you do have yeah. a lot of oil in it. You'll notice that if you leave it sitting, especially in warm environments, it'll separate out, um, or you can see the oil in it. So. If you're seeing that, that's a good sign. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not worried about it. And it, it tastes, to me, it tastes just about the same. Uh, health contents look like they're just about as good. I'm trying to bulk up, so I'm, uh, peanut butter is one of those fatty substances that I need to, uh, but you, you know me, I'm a skinny motherfucker. I'm like you, Sean. I'm trying, you know what? I'm, I'm going for Tom Hardy. Lexi told me that Tom Hardy and Forrest Bondurant. That's the bill <laughs> I'm going for. Well, good luck to you, man. We're going to move on because i got a guest coming up in about seven minutes. So. All right. Thanks Peace for calling, brother. Have a good night. Peace out. Peace out. Bye-bye. <laughs> there goes Spicoli. Uh, he sounds wired up tonight. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> you see what happens That's when you totally eat healthy different. and stuff. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen the picture of him, man, you got to see. Dave, if you haven't seen I it. I know. Holy sh! I just I, saw it. I tweeted it out. Yeah. <laughs> Looks completely different. Completely different, yeah. Yes. That's good, man. I'm glad, You know, it. nobody ever says, you know, when they switch to, you know, natural foods, nobody ever says, oh, shit, man, I regret doing this. I'm going back to, you know, McDonald's and fucking Burger King. They (laughs) all have the same story. Like, I started feeling great, you know, about this time last August of last year is when I started dabbling with paleo diet. And within two months, I felt fucking great. You know, aside from the fact I really didn't lose any weight, but I just felt so much better. 
Well, you're supposed and to be the size you are. You've pretty much always been a bigger guy. So you, no, you mean, I'm, I'm the fattest I've ever been in my life. I'm well, usually like right around 200 pounds. But you're a big guy in general. So, you know, weight, eh, I get what you're saying. All right, anyway. Um, well, that was the total uh, derailment from where we were. <laughs> I'm glad he called, man, because we were getting pissed at you. Yeah, we were starting and, to get pissed and, at and, each other. And I don't ever get pissed at you, and I started getting like a little angry. And again, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad the show took, went where it went. Well, we got uh, Dimitri coming up here pretty soon. Uh, he's going to be calling us. Um, I'm just trying to scan through my articles here and see if there's anything we can cover real fast. Um, uh, let's do this uh, Halliburton pled guilty to uh, destroying evidence for the uh, the spill in uh, 2010. Did you see that? What? Oh, no, I didn't see that. <sighs> I don't know. I'm in such a good mood now. Let's Let's just... I am in a good mood, and I'm happy. That makes me happy that he's he's living life oh. that way. He sounds happy. Yeah, he does. You know, you know since you're the first show that you guys did, you and Michelle, I have now incorporated um, cucumbers in my diet. Really? And, yeah, no shit. Like, Hell uh, I, yeah. I now, and he, it's, you know, I, I lead a sedentary lifestyle, right? So I could have, like, you know how many calories I ate today? No. How many calories did you eat today? Roughly 700. Ugh. It's including those 10 carrots I had. Uh, I, I sat down while I watched. I'd wither the away. Entire, well, you're, you're, uh, you're way more. <laughs> you have way more energy than I do. Mm. Um, but I do days like that where I'm, where I'm sub 1,000 calories per day. Um, and I only my, I typically only eat like one big meal a day and then I kind of just graze. What's my point, goddammit? I, I, I was going down. Uh, you had 700 summer. calories today. You were going no, somewhere. Where were we going? It was before that. Was it before that? Yeah, it's before that. I derailed myself. <laughs> you got to love when that one happens. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. What? Go ahead. No, just just keep moving. Oh, Halliburton. So tell me about that real fast. So they're, they're going to um, plead guilty for destroying computer test results that have been sought as evidence in the Deepwater Horizon disaster, the Justice Department announced Thursday. Wow. So what are they? Uh, so they, I don't even want. I don't even need to, to read the rest of the article. It's just that you know they destroyed evidence, and they're going to get a slap on the wrist. You know, corporations are now you know, or corporations are persons, um, but yet they don't get to go to jail. Like if if you did something wrong, Sean, you would go to jail, uh, even if you had to pay a fine. But you would no longer be able to make money. Um, and you know you you drastically affect your life. Whereas Halliburton will go on as business as usual, yeah. and they'll, they'll probably they'll probably have to cut like one tenth of one percent of their profits for the year to pay this fucking fine. Yeah, somebody will go down as as the bad guy, possibly though. You know they'll always get somebody that uh, they'll tag Not this even. on to, to say, "Oh, we did this," you know. Not even because look what happens. You know with the banks, nobody got tagged for that. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's true. And they're still doing it. Yeah, you, you know I listen to a lot of financial. Not a lot. We but, know, uh, Dave. You listen to a lot of financial Go ahead. Pod- podcasts, and they're just the shit that's going on today <laughs> is the same thing that was going on in 2007, and nobody just you know they're st- they're still doing naked shorts, they're still doing derivatives, they're still doing you know CDOs, and uh, right, let's roll off in this break now because Dimitri will be calling soon. Um, so you guys, first hour went. These hours are going by so quick. We're gonna have to do like a five-hour show before you know it. <laughs> no, it's just going way too fast. <laughs> no, make them want. Leave them wanting more. Leave them uh, wanting just, more. Yeah. All right, we're to take a break, guys. We'll be back in a little bit. We'll have our uh, guest come on board and uh, see where he can take us. Talk to you in a few.
Hi, you're listening to Raz Radio Live, the home of catching chemtrails, chasing drones, Raz, we can review with Kevin Harris, and out of focus with Shifty, wanting to be pegged by Katie. Damn, Willer, keep that pegging talk on the DL. Now let's bring that sexy music back. What's your Twitter handle, buddy? At Wheeler Seven.
to the first 52 with Sean Rass on Rass Radio. Believe almost all of what you hear, but be skeptical. <laughs> and Is that I less insulting? Somewhat less insulting. So, somewhat less insulting. Yeah, we'll use it. See you. 
hurt myself today to see if I still feel I focus on the pain the Guys, welcome back to the second hour of the first 52 on RazRadioLive.com. Hope you got a little break on there. I'm sure everybody needed it. Uh, Dave, we got you back there? I am back. Excellent. Guys, make sure if you want to follow us, you know, we don't ever really mention this very often. If you want to follow us, you can follow me at Sean Raz on the Twitter or at Forto Jones for uh, Dave there. And of course, uh, at Lexi Raz for Lexi. Um, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on. We send out a lot of information via our Twitter. Uh, and also, we do have a Raz Radio Live fan page now. You can search for that one. Uh, make sure it's a Raz Radio Live fan page. We also have a regular page that we do just news and events. Uh, but the fan page is just so you guys can communicate with each other and uh, you know share information with us and help us uh, maybe get uh, a little more information that we want or need. So uh, check that stuff out. Now, in the second hour here, uh, we got a gentleman by the name of Dimitri Vassalero. Is that correct, Dimitri? Do I have you? Oh, I have a tough time with it myself. <laughs> I, I forgot to turn you up there. What was it? It's the Vassalero? Vassalero's, yeah. And yeah, don't worry, because I'm going to have a tough time with that name myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to introduce you first off to my one co-host is Dave. He's uh, on the skype later here also with us. Yes, the man with four toes. Yes. <laughs> yes. How sad. <laughs> well, he's got, he's got nine, but he's only got four on one foot, so. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> And, and it's it's not it's not even all that bad. It's the pinky toe that I'm missing. So it's, I mean, let's be honest. It only it's only good for finding furniture in the middle of the night while you're walking yeah. around. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask, but I guess I might as well. How did you? How does somebody lose their pinky toe? Did is it, is it, is uh, it a pedicure gone bad, or what happened? <laughs> no, I actually I had uh, cut the bottom of my foot, and because I'm a man. Uh, I didn't really take care of it, and I didn't go to the doctor. It started to hurt after a while. Just a small mm. little cut, but it turned wow. into a uh, an infection that turned into a bone infection, and it wound up uh, infecting my fifth metatarsal and the pinky toe. So, boom, the toe had to come off, and the fifth metatarsal had to come out. Wow, sort of like what happened during the Civil War. You know, you get injured, uh, wounded, and they have to chop off your limb. Sort of like that, I guess. Exactly, exactly. And then, yeah. of, and then, of course, my other host or co-host is my wife, Lexi. Honey, you want to say hi? Good evening. Oh, how about if I turn you on? God, I'm doing really bad with turning You're mics on. You're really bad at this. Yeah, I know. Good. <laughs> you can't even turn on your wife? How pathetic is that? I Jeez. know. Good Jeez. Lord. <laughs> Lexi, we need to talk. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. You're going to fit in just well with us, Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. So there's my, those are my co-hosts. Um, I explained a little bit about you in the first hour. Uh, you're a terrestrial, libertarian, terrestrial talk show host out of Pittsburgh. 
Um, and you've you've uh, I've not, honestly I've, obviously you're out of Pittsburgh, so I've never really heard your show. But you seem to um, interact with me a lot. We seem to have a lot of the same beliefs, so that's why I wanted to bring you on board and, and uh, just get you more of a voice out there, so more people can hear what you're about. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I'm a libertarian. I'm a life member of the Libertarian Party. I believe in personal freedom and personal responsibility, free minds and free markets. And to me, there's not a whole lot of difference uh, regarding Republicans and Democrats on most issues most of the time. Um, but when it comes to uh, freedom issues, liberty issues, um, I'm probably closer to Dr. Ron Paul and uh, J- former Judge Andrew Napolitano than anyone else. Not 100%. Every once in a while, Dr. Paul, who I love, t- tends to kind of go off the rails over something or other. But most of the time, you know, we're absolutely on the same uh, page in the Cato Institute and the uh, Libertarian National Party and all that. I mean, you know, I'm a firm believer in uh, minimal government to protect us. And then for the rest, just leave us alone. Just leave me alone. I don't want any special legislation. I don't want any tax breaks. I don't want any tax increment financing. I don't want any uh, credits on my income tax. Just leave me the F alone. That's all I ask. Just let me live my life. Let me make my mistakes. Let me just be. And apparently that is a very controversial concept these days in America. It is. It's very con. Go ahead, Dave. What were you going to say? But, Dimitri, who will build the roads? (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, uh, anyone who wants to build them, if there's uh, there's a need. Now, obviously, we have a system in place now. You know, we don't live uh, in, in a utopia. We don't live in an idealized world. We live in the world that we are in. And in this world, we have the federal government that has built a lot of roads. Interestingly, the interstates, of course, for national defense, that was Eisenhower's uh, thing from what he learned during World War II with the Autobahn in Germany. A lot of people don't know that. But also the state builds roads. And I mean, you know, the Pennsylvania Turnpike, my goodness, was the first toll road for automobiles. And, you know, county roads, city roads, I mean, that's just the reality of it. But if you want to build a road, there's no law that says you can't do it, at least not that I'm aware of. So if you want to build some kind of a super highway from uh, New York to Los Angeles, no one's stopping you. Go right ahead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure if I decided to do that, the government would outlaw it or figure out a way to stop me anyway. Because they, they not necessarily. No, no, not they, necessarily. They, They're private roads. I mean, uh, different you know, private companies, American, uh, foreign, uh, Spanish, and all that. Uh, uh, you know, own uh, private uh, roads. Uh, they you know lease uh, turnpikes and all that. It's it's not that unusual. Yeah, but the thing is, is they want to be the monopoly. They want you to think that uh, you need them. Because that's that's always the big when, when we libertarians or voluntarists or whatever, you know we freedom guys we don't want government the first thing status say is who is going to build the roads that's right. why I said it that way because <laughs> well, so um, the answer it's like anybody who wants to yeah. anybody who right, wants exactly. to build a road can build a road in fact right now I bet you like you're in Tampa right. Yeah. I am, yeah. Yeah, David. Okay. Um, you know, I used to live in Tampa for about uh, eight years in the uh, 80s. Uh, lived in um, uh, the village, uh, Huntington by the, by the village, uh, near Carrollwood Village, and um, on Pentail Circle, a little bit further north, North Lakes or something like that. And, you know, I went up and down Northdale Mabry Highway, you know, forever. And you take a look at a lot of the developments, whether it's uh, condos, townhouses, apartment buildings, uh, malls, 
and there are private roads on those properties as well, and private snow removal, and uh, private uh, companies that fix the potholes. We have them all around us. The only place where the government builds roads is, you know, when it's for major traffic. But there are lots and lots of roads uh, that have been built by developers, private, and you know, private developers for the respective uh, uh, communities. Right. What's and, wrong uh, with that? People, I think it's great. <laughs> it is great. Most, most, it should be. Most people don't realize that the the, uh, the town of Celebration, which is connected to Disney, right. the whole town is owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. And they right. do, you know, they. They do all their roads and everything. It's great. Well, in fact, Disney World. Once you go to Disney World, all those roads are you know run by Disney. You know they're built by Disney and all that. So when people say you know who's going to build the roads, all the people who have already been building the roads, most of whom, or at least many, are private roads for the attractions in Orlando or you know Tampa or Busch Gardens, excuse me, or apartment complexes or. um, Ring roads around shopping centers and other developments. They're all over the place. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. And when it comes to maintaining them, and I know in Tampa you don't have this issue, but when it comes to snow removal, I mean, we've got so many people, private people with pickup trucks and these contraptions in the back of them that, that spread the salt, and they've got a big shovel in the front, and, you know, private enterprise uh, clears off uh, certainly all the private roads, and it works just fine. What's the big deal? No, there isn't one. I I grew up uh, I grew up in Jersey, but I lived uh, in oh, Dubois for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was South Jersey, so it was the nice area, and then I lived in Dubois, not too far from you, for a while. Right, uh, right, right. So uh, you know, I I I grew up living that. Dave's from New York, so he actually that you want to say sorry. That's the one you really should say sorry <laughs> to. What part of New York? The city or uh, upstate? Brooklyn. I'm sorry. Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Oh, it must have been a fascinating life. Were you were you around when they filmed uh, Saturday Night Live? Yes, I actually was, and I remember I was I was little, but I remember mm-hmm. them filming it on Eighty Sixth Street. And my oh, mother cool. actually, my mother used to go to the dance studio that they filmed uh, the dance scenes in. Oh, and God. not only that, the the yeah. the, 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 the she club slept with that, John Travolta, right? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I don't okay. have I don't have the moves or the money. But I've been to the club where they actually do the, where they have the dance floor. Um, turns yeah. out it's, an, it's it's now a gay club. But I actually went just to go to that club just to see what was going on and stand wow. on the. Um, I, I stood wow. on it and walked off. It was it was an awkward night for me. But anyway, let's move on. <laughs> and speaking about Saturday or Saturday Night Live, my uh, believe it or not, Fever. my uncle or oh Saturday Night Fever is that what you're talking? Oh, okay, I I heard live for yeah. some reason. My uncle does the construction for Saturday Night Live for the sets. Oh really? Yeah, for heaven's so. sakes, I've got a lot. You know, you guys are really impressive. Uh, Lexi, what, what's your fame to cl- claim to fame? She had to step away for a second. Her her younger oh. sister, her pregnant younger sister, is calling her, so I think she has to deal with that for a moment. <laughs> okay, let me see if I understand this. You've got a guest calling in from Pittsburgh, talking about really important issues, and one of your co-hosts it just left us to go talk to her friggin' sister. Did I get that right? Yes, you did get that right. Jesus H. It's okay. It's, well, we're off to a really good. It's internet radio. If you just could have turned her on at the beginning, I don't think we would have had this problem, Sean. <laughs> nice going. I know. I, nice like, going. I tend to mess things up a lot. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, Dimitri, since yeah. you're, you're well-versed in, in the, this whole libertarian philosophy, and I, I threw out the one question that the statist actually said, what are some of the other... Uh, Solutions that you would have to common problems that you know the status would complain about. 
Well, uh, to me, the overarching theme is certainly not an original one. I mean, Dr. Paul talks about it, and other libertarians as well, uh, Andrew Napolitano and all that, who's very articulate regarding uh, personal freedom, and that's just to just leave us alone, just the freedom to, 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 uh, for us to live our lives. I'm a firm believer in me being a free man. By that, I mean no one has a claim, a moral claim to my body, to my soul, that I am uh, able to, uh, at least I, I'm getting some feedback uh, here, some whatever it is, echo or something, but uh, I've got the right to put whatever I want into my body. I'm an adult, and either I'll uh, enjoy the benefits of that or suffer the consequences of that. Nobody should be telling me what I can smoke or drink or look at. Um, or, you know, what kind of ingredients I want in my uh, food, whether it's trans fats or, you know, having uh, sugary drinks that are larger than 16 ounces and all that. And I should be free to watch whatever uh, film I want to see and I read any book that I want, uh, watch and look at any pictures that I want. Just, just freedom to start a business if I want to or to interact with someone or to do so, some sort of a trade. Just leave me alone to just figure out what I like to do and just let me do it peacefully. And I think a lot of our problems would, um, some of the major ones I think would go away or at least be greatly diminished. But the more people, the more government tries to control the individual, I think that's when you get lots and lots of problems. An extreme example, of course, is like North Korea, you know, or the way China was under uh, that monster uh, Mao Zedong. Um, but, you know, today it just, if you just leave people alone, let them figure it out, stop with the rules and regulations, um, I think the answer is truly as simple as that. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it is as simple as that. And it's hard for people to accept that because they, uh, they've become so reliant on the government taking care of them that I think that's a part of the problem we have as being freedom lovers is that people are dependent on, you know, oh, but I need to get the food stamps, I need to get the health care, I need to have this road maintained for me, I need to, I need, I need, I need, I need. We need to, how do we teach people um, that they don't need that? How do we show that? How, how can we convince well, these we people? Do. Well, you know, I, I, I disagree, I respectfully disagree with your premise. I don't think the problem is as... Uh, great as that, where the people that we're talking to are saying, no, no, we need roads and we need food. Well, I can agree with you. Yes, we do need roads. We do need people to take care of the roads. We do need food. We do need to have people not starving. Um, uh, but I think uh, one of my one of my core uh, core beliefs is right, but uh, uh, well, pet peeves is that libertarians. Um, for the most part, with a, a few notable exceptions. Again, Dr. Paul, Andrew Napolitano, but a lot of libertarians who have the purest of uh, goals and the, 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 the purest ideals and the purest libertarian philosophy are really, really good at understanding the concept, but not so good when it comes to speaking the language, speaking a language of the people that we are trying to persuade. I don't think the problem is the other people love their food stamps so much or their free Obama phones, which, by the way, a program that got started under Ronald Reagan. Yep. But the problem is that we, I think we are the problem. We, I don't think, are terribly good communicators. I've been listening to a lot of uh, libertarian-type sh uh, shows on the Internet, 
and I can't say that I'm impressed with any of them. I mean, God love them. They're, they, they are true believers, and they're doing this for, for free, and, and, and they deserve all the praise in the world for that, because, you know, it's a thankless job, and they are doing this because they truly believe, and that's wonderful. But in listening to them, it's as if they're talking to each other, one libertarian talking to another libertarian, or they're talking as if they're on C-SPAN and like policy wonks, where instead, if we're going to make any progress in converting the undecided, as well as those who have decided against us, I think we need to start talking more as if we're on the Oprah show instead of on C-SPAN. The problem isn't them. The problem is us. We, in fact, Andrew Breitbart, and I don't have the quote in front of me, but it's a, it's a great quote. He, he said, essentially, that if you can't sell freedom and liberty, um, you suck. And when I mean you suck, I mean <laughs> you suck. You know, I mean, the way he said it was so much better, and I, I'm kicking myself right now for not writing that down and having it ready. But if you could Google it, or if Lexi, whenever she, if she comes back, could Google it or something, <laughs> um, I think that Andrew Breitbart, who's, you know, kind of was out there with different things, but that one line to me was gold and explained what the real problem was. And the real problem is if we can't be selling personal freedom and liberty for the individual, for the person that we're talking to, we're not a very good salesman. So the problem isn't them. The problem is us, at least as I see it, speaking only for myself. Right. I, and that makes I, that makes a lot of sense the way you, you put that. Because, you know, I listen to a lot of different talk shows too. And, and that's one of the problems I found with some of the really, really hardcore libertarian talk shows is mm-hmm. you almost feel like you're talking to like the serious um you know far far right or far far left person because they they're so strict well, an absolutist an absolutist. Ab- so yeah, absolutist absolutist i mean they talk about bitcoins and they talk about you know gold and the, the average person doesn't know what a bit hell i don't know what a bitcoin is they would be happy to explain to it to you no 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 no, 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 no. That's, that's really quite all right i have a tough enough time uh, trying to understand how to balance a checkbook that's my wife that's because my wife actually handles all her finances but you know people don't normal people don't talk like that you know they talk about feelings and emotions the oprah show was as good example of as any of people talking like people and we've got to get that master that and uh, frankly i think we're we're you know that's that's one of our biggest uh, problems we we were so many of us are libertarian absolutists or talk as if we're absolutists and think and talk about theoretical things like well how do we eliminate most of the government and how do we make all privatize all the roads well you know in a utopian libertarian existence yeah but in in the world that we are in if we're going to persuade anyone they don't think like that and they're never going to think like that so we have to figure out in my opinion what they care about and then tailor our discussion with them in a way that we can present libertarian ideas in their language, showing them how they'll accomplish their goals by doing what we suggest. It's a simple concept, but it is not easy. But, you know, I don't blame... It's like uh, for uh, uh, a store, like uh, McDonald's or something. You know, if the customer does not buy the hamburger... McDonald's does not blame the customer. McDonald's says, what's wrong with this hamburger that the customer doesn't want it? They don't blame the customer. Many times I've found over the years, 
keep, you know, my fellow libertarians, God love them, um, will blame the, the customer for not accepting what we are selling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a terrible mistake, because the moment you blame the customer, you take yourself off the hook, you no longer have any liability, you say, well, you just say, well, it's his problem, he doesn't get me. Well, fine, what, what's that going to get you? I don't blame the customer. Anytime we cannot sell the concept of personal freedom and uh, liberty, personal liberty, and just, uh, the, you know, the beauty that is in the libertarian philosophy, if we can't sell that, and frankly, we've done a damn poor job of it, shame on us. Now, I, I want to take this down a different route for a moment, because... Okay, not right. a Bitcoin, please. No, no, not a Bitcoin. Because <laughs> It's still still sticking with the libertarianism. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, you're you're addressing that. You know, part of the problem is ours that we. No, 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 no. I didn't say part. I said the problem the is part. ours. We are the problem. It's not part. I mean, please understand that. Again, speaking only for myself, we are the problem. If we can't convince someone else about personal freedom, we are the problem, not the not the customer. We are. Okay. Well, I don't want to blame the customer, but but then we have. Other uh, other stores, let's say, other other entities that are are really attacking liberta- libertarianism right now. Um, uh, well, I'm going to play you a clip. I I'm, I'm hope you already heard this. Maybe not. I'm going to play you a little mm-hmm. clip here of uh, somebody that's and doing so, that. Okay. And on the libertarianism side of things, I, as a, as a former prosecutor and and who was appointed um, by President George W. Bush on September 10th, 2001. Um, I just want us to be really cautious because this strain of libertarianism that's going through both parties right, right now and, and making big headlines, I think, is a very dangerous thought. Uh, President Obama has done nothing to change the policies of the Bush administration in the war on terrorism, and I mean practically nothing. And you know why? Because they work. Because they work. And I think what we have a country has to decide is... Uh, do we have amnesia? Because I don't. And I remember what we felt like on September 12, 2001. And have there been some mistakes made over the course of time? Of course, because it's human beings and their judgment calls. There have been some mistakes made. But I, I want to say that I think both the way President Bush conducted himself and the way President Obama has conducted himself in the main on those type of decisions hasn't been different because they were right and because we haven't had another one of those um, attacks that cost thousands and thousands of lives. And as the governor now of a state that lost the second most people on 9-11 behind the state of New York, and still seeing those families, John, I I love all these esoteric debates that people are getting in. Senator Um, Rand Paul, for example? Well, listen, you can name any number of people who have engaged in it, and he's one of them. I mean, these esoteric intellectual debates... I want them to come to New Jersey and sit across from the widows and the orphans and have that conversation. And, <sighs> and, and they won't, because that's a much tougher conversation to have. So Bullshit. as a country, and whoever's the leader so of the this country... the response to Obama being in the White House, do you think? No, I don't think this, so. This drift I, towards libertarianism? No, I don't think so, but I think, but I think he started to cause it. I don't think it's in reaction to him, but he had a lot of rhetoric in 2008. He was going to close Guantanamo. He was going to stop this. He was going to stop that. And I remember I used to say to Mary Pat all the time, as somebody who had top secret clearance, I said, when man, when he sits in that chair and starts to hear those briefings, his tune's going to change fast. And it has. And so for those of us who are on the front line of it, 
For those of us who were on the front line of that in the years after that, the U.S. attorneys, the FBI, the CIA, the people who are on the front line of trying to keep this country safe, I just say it's not a debate not worth having. But I think we need to be very cautious about how joyful we are over the idea that somehow we're going to shift this baby way back because the next attack that comes that kills thousands of Americans as a result, people are going to be looking back on the people who are having this intellectual debate. So what he's trying to say is that libertarianism is, is going to cause us to have more terror. Um, your, your thoughts on that whole comment there? Uh, well, uh, I think it's really important for me not to jump all over uh, Governor Christie because of several things. One, it's not going to do anyone any good to get into, let's say, a shouting match or to make fun of him because of, I don't know, his weight or whatever it happens to be. Because I've seen a lot of that on Twitter mm -hmm. by my fellow libertarians, and I think that is a terrible mistake. I think what we have to do, if we're going to persuade people that we have a better approach, and I, I absolutely believe we do, we should first find the common ground. Now, he said a lot of things there that I, I was listening, you know, trying to listen intently to everything that he was saying. And without a doubt, we can agree on a lot of the things that he said in his talk that, you know, we're deeply concerned about another attack. Of course we are. And that the, the grieving uh, families of these people, you know, that, you know, talking to them about any sort of approach might be a very difficult conversation. Well, I'm sure it will be. Let's agree and agree and agree on the common ground that we have, because everyone wants the same thing. Governor Christie, as well as libertarians, want the same thing, and that is a peaceful, secure United States. So we don't want to be in a position, speaking only for myself, of, of trying to argue with Christie, saying, no, no, you're wrong, because Christie is saying he wants us to be safe and secure. Don't argue with that. Agree with him. Say, this is wonderful news, because we want the same thing. Mm -hmm. We want to approach it in a different way instead of having, I'm just picking just random suggestions, like uh, instead of having 190,000, you know, 190 bases, military bases across the world, let's just take care of America and let the rest of the world take care of itself. Makes sense. And that, you know, if we accept the notion of what the um, uh, Governor Christie is saying, uh, that he supported the policies of George W. Bush and Dick Cheney, then it's okay to invade another country, a country that did not start a war with us, in this case Iraq, over you know yellow cake and uh, weapons of mass destruction, which of course turned out to be wrong. Um, we don't need to live in a world like that. And if you ex and I, I would say to the listeners, if you accept what Governor Christie is saying <clears throat> and what President Obama is saying and what George W. Bush and um, Vice President Dick Cheney were saying and continue to say, then what you are really signing on for is a state of perpetual surveillance and perpetual uh, limitations on our freedoms. Because if you're in a perpetual state of war, in the war on terror, it's never going to end. It's absolutely never going to end. So when you ask people like Governor Christie, who I respect and who we share a lot of the same values, we want to accomplish the same things. We have to ask the public, do you want to live for the rest of your life in a state of near preparedness for, for, for war, for an attack? 
Or is there something better that we can do that would also ensure peace and prosperity without us having to lose all of our privacy rights, without having the government taking all of the information about every phone call we ever made, an email we ever sent, and on and on and on with the NSA? Uh, there are lots of ways of approaching Governor Christie's uh, um, well, you know, attack or put down of libertarianism. But I don't think we should take the bait and argue with him. Instead, we should find common ground and then say, <clears throat> his approach is X, our approach is Y, and then here's Y. And I think that would be a much better way of persuading people to uh, at least consider our point of view of peace and prosperity, because uh, that's really what we're selling. You know, we're selling peace and prosperity. We're saying, get out of the rest of the world, but we're not isolationists, because that's one thing that the neocons and the Karl Rove's, you know, love to throw out. They're always isolationists. <laughs> How on earth could you call someone an isolationist who believes in free trade with all nations? It is the antithesis of isolationists. So uh, we have a lot of good stuff. I don't think we're very good when it comes to being persuasive in trying to convince other people to at least consider, not, not agree with us, but just at least consider the possibility that peace and prosperity is actually not a bad strategy. And one of the other shows I work with, um, he always... Which one? Uh, it's the Shannon Burke show on Radio I.O., another internet station. Mm -hmm. uh, Who's Shannon Burke, by the way? Uh, he's a talk show host out of Orlando originally. Well, actually, he's from Texas. He did uh, mm -hmm. talk radio in Orlando, terrestrial-wise. Had mm -hmm. some issues, left terrestrial, and ended up on, on internet. Um, mm -hmm. He always asks me, and he's a, I, I call him a right-wing guy, but he's really not. He's, he's one of those teeter-totters that, that he believes in a lot of what libertarianism is. But mm -hmm. then he also believes that we need to go be the policemen of the world. So mm -hmm. he always says to me, well, don't we have a moral obligation to go stop, uh, you know, the, the Afghanis from uh, beating their women or, or whatever it be? You know, I'm just I'm trying to throw one out there that, that he throws at well, me. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a great one. Yeah, except governments aren't moral or immoral. People are moral or immoral. And if you as a human being feel that strongly that what's going on in Afghanistan and, and some other parts of the world where women are treated uh, like chattel, then if you believe you have a moral obligation to do that, to, to do something about it, go over there and go do something about it. But governments aren't moral or immoral. It, 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 that's a human um, uh, characteristic. A government is simply an entity with X amount of power and it's going to use its power any which way that it wants. But it's not a moral issue for an entity that has no morality. A government is like a brick wall. There's no morality with a brick wall or a gun. It's simply an instrument. And the morality, the moral decisions are made by the human being to decide, well, what should I do and what should I not do? Um, and that's a great example. If he is concerned about, you know, he said it's a moral issue in Afghanistan, okay, then go over there and, and do whatever you need to do or donate money to organizations, and that's fine, but that's your personal decision. Governments have no morality. It's an inanimate object. It's a, it's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's like people blaming guns for killings and all that. It, a gun has no conscience. Neither does a government. It's a thing. That's all it is. Okay. I, that's a great answer. I'm going to have to remember that one, so when he throws it at me, I'm going to actually steal your answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's just, you know, it's just, it's the same argument like with gun control, where the, the people who want gun control demonize the gun 
the inanimate object. And I've always found that to be laughable. I don't say that because I never want to put down someone that I'm trying to persuade. But I think back to uh, reading stories about cavemen and how they tried to explain the world. Well, they didn't know what the heck was going on. And they, they gave um, attributes to inanimate objects or to birds or whatever, saying, oh, this, you know, this is you know, bad medicine or good medicine or whatever. But now, in this day and age, we understand that inanimate objects are, by definition, inanimate. They're, it's just a thing, and it can be used in any which way. The morality comes with the person who has the gun or has the powers of government, and it's... Uh, <laughs> You know that's that's the that's the solution. If you want to go fight, like you know, you hear some of these uh, old uh, progressives, uh, old liberals, talking about this day about Franco and, and the Spain and the Civil War and all this, that, and the other. There's some Americans who went over there and, and fought for the the the, the leftists uh, who were trying to hold on to the government and stopping the fascists from you know taking. It was an awful mess, but they believed in that side and so they went over there and fought and it's like hey you know god bless them you're a free man if that's what you want to do if that's what you believe go you know go do it mm -hmm. but government is a thing it's an it has no morality it's not a good thing it's not a bad thing it has no conscience it has no feelings it's just a thing so you know morality is with the individual now that now that thing that that has none of that uh, is you know controlled and led by people uh, right. People are within it. What do you feel? Right. Of, what, what's your opinion, or, or what's your feeling on the morality of the majority? And again, there are some good people within the government. But what mm -hmm. do you think of the morality of the people that are leading us right now? That are leading this government? Well, I don't know about morality because uh, I can't look into the soul of any human being. Um, I have no idea about what's in the heart of the president, whether it's Obama or W or anyone else or other people. What I can comment on, what a lot of us can comment on, is the decisions made by these people. They may be, um, oh, here's a good example. Former President Jimmy Carter was, I think, a catastrophe as a president. Now, I believe that Jimmy Carter has good morals that in his heart he is a good decent human being and there's no question in my mind about that but it's not a question it wasn't a question of his morals when he was president or even afterward it's just a question of what are your policies what what are you trying to do and i look at the policy and say well either this is i think a good idea because it helps to um, 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 uh, spread uh, the idea of liberty and freedom, or I think it's a, I think it's a bad idea. But their morality, I don't know because I don't know what kind of human beings they are. I don't know how anybody could make that um, determination. Okay. But we can determine or can dis make, uh, have decisions or opinions about their policies, about what they do. It doesn't matter what's in somebody's heart. Jimmy Carter had a very good heart, but it's what he did. That was the, the 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 problem. George W. Bush, I couldn't, I could disagree with him on virtually every issue. Same thing with uh, Barack Obama. My guess is both of them are good moral human beings who are good husbands, who love their wives, who love their children, and yet 
I disagree with their, their uh, even Dick Cheney. I'm sure he's a good human being, but mm-hmm. I completely disagree with their policies. And I think if we focus on what people do as opposed to what they say or what their intentions are, I think we'll be a lot better off because we're not looking at the personality. I'm a big believer in principles and not personalities. I look at Dr. Ron Paul, who I am sure is a good-hearted, wonderful human being, uh, but I, I don't follow or, or love Dr. Ron Paul for him being a good, decent human being, although I'm sure he is. I am a big fan of his because of what he believes, or his, his policies, his uh, you know, belief in limited government and, and personal freedom, personal responsibility. If his uh, beliefs were, let's say, of a, you know, of a socialist or a communist or something like that, I would have no interest in him, even though I would acknowledge that he's still a fine, decent human being. It doesn't matter about the morality. It doesn't matter about what's in his heart. Show me what the man does, tell me why he's doing it, and then I'll have a better chance of giving a fair analysis of whether I think that's a good idea or a good policy or a bad policy. So why do you think the policies, you know, we, we've gone through, you know, W for, for eight years, and now we've got eight years of, uh, of Obama. Policies yeah. haven't changed. They're still doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Two, two totally different party affiliate, affiliates, two totally different people but they're doing the mm-hmm. exact same thing. What do you think draws them and drives them to do the exact same thing and not change anything? Well, uh, there have been some changes, of course, but, uh, you know, the thing with Iraq, I mean, we're not engaged in shooting right now. I mean, the country's falling apart, of course. I mean, my God, what a, what a, what a disgrace that whole Iraq war thing was, Lord. But, I mean, we aren't in a shooting, we, Americans, aren't in a shooting war now in Iraq that actually has changed. And President Obama, who I'm no fan of, is trying to draw down the troops in Afghanistan because there's another absolute loser. I mean, if you know anything, anything about history, you know that Afghanistan, and I don't know who said this, but it's true, it's so easy to go into and so hard to get out of. And it's like we're making the same God-blessed mistakes that the Soviets made and that the English made and 101 other you know, groups made over the years. Going in there. Um, but overall, I think when something is in, I don't know if it's called inertia or not, when something is in a state of movement in one direction, it's easy to just continue with that thing. Just like if it's in a state of, of repose, if it's in a state of not moving, it's difficult to get the thing to move. So I think, you know, it's like taking over um, a train that is kind of coasting along or going along, chugging along. It's a lot easier to just keep that same pace than it is to pull the brake and, and screech and make it stop. I mean, same thing with Vietnam. I mean, after Nixon got in, it took how many years before we were finally able to try to get out of there without too much uh, uh, bloodshed. And, of course, at the end, you know, the, the communists won anyway. Right. So I think it's as simple as that. And if you don't have really clear, hard beliefs in um, your um, positions, then it's very easy to just go along to, to, to get along. Well, we're, I'll agree with you that we don't have uh, U.S. troops boots on the ground in, in these countries, in, in so Iraq. We have, the, we have boots on the ground in Iraq. We have a lot of people, that, but they're not fighting. Well, but we do have a lot of private contractors, and we're seeing that sure. start over in Afghanistan now. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. a big concern, because part of my problem with, with what we do over there is we perpetuate the, the hate towards us. 
by everything we continue to do. I mean, now Pakistan, look at the problems we've had there with the drone attacks and stuff. Um, oh, it's terrible. It's awful. A, a lot of this, I believe, is done... Um, to, to keep the money flow going to the military-industrial complex, to keep the banking going. Uh, a lot of it is done because they won't follow along with uh, the, the rules of, of the banking. They won't join in on the world banks. Um, so is it our place to even be there? I mean, really, period at all. Should we? I know you've already said we should have never been to Iraq at all. Um, oh, God, no. We're always God, brought no. in there through, through lies and deception. Uh, we're seeing the same thing now. We're getting ready to send troops into Syria and send weapons and air- airplanes. Yeah, we have a contract with America. Newt Gingrich said, you know, we're going to have this contract with America. And I said back then, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm a broken record here. Um, our contract with America is the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights. That's our contract with America. It is spells out, in most cases, very clearly what the government is allowed to do and what it is not allowed to do. And if we simply, simply, but and it's not easy, to adhere to that, well, then we could avoid all these foreign entanglements, all these crazy wars that we go into all over the place, and we would be a much more peaceful country. I think the world overall would be better, but even if the rest of the world were not better, that's not our responsibility, not our government's responsibility. If we want to declare war, then the president has to go to Congress and ask for a declaration of war, as FDR did after Pearl Harbor, um, and then if we limit it to that, I think, I think war was declared only four or five times in our nation's history. Mm-hmm. And yet we've had military, you know, uh, adventures and then invasions, you know, all, all over the globe. It's madness. It's just, it's just utter madness. You want to control the federal government. You want to control the troops. You want to control the militarism. Then do what Dr. Paul suggests and change it from militarism to defense. We believe in a strong defense, libertarians, a really strong defense. We do not believe in militarism, sending troops all over the world, picking sides, shooting, getting killed. It's, it's, it's unconscionable, but the solution is facing us right Right, it's right in front of us. It's the Constitution. It spells out what our government can do, and shame on Congress for not demanding its power to say, wait a minute, we're not going to authorize this war unless we have a declaration of war. I think it is that simple. I think it is that simple also. Now, you mentioned militarism, so let's let's bring this yes. home now. We're seeing the militarization of our police forces all throughout this country. Yeah, yeah, Bradley, uh, Rad, Radley Balco is doing a great job with that. Anytime I see one of his tweets, I uh, RT and Fave, um, he and, and and others, but certainly Radley is doing a terrific job uh, with that. We um, uh, we're turning uh, we're, we're we're turning ourselves into a bullet, uh, a um, militaristic type of surveillance uh, state, and I think that is deeply, deeply troubling. Um, I, in fact, I just posted something on my Facebook wall, although I'm on Twitter, of course, and that is these, uh, have you heard about these uh, blimps that they're going to um, have flying over, floating over Washington, D.C.? Uh, the idea, what we're told by either the Department of Defense or the NSA or one of those alphabet soup agencies is that the blimps are to make sure that any incoming missile into D.C. is going to get shot down or something like that. That's some crazy 
you know, excuse for these blimps, these huge blimps up above our nation's capital. Right. Well, with all the radar that we have and all the other stuff that we have, you're telling me that the blimps <laughs> are our last best defense? I don't believe that. We're going back to I, 1900 I, technology. <laughs> it's insane. It's absolutely, and this is over a nation's capital. And we're going to have to deal with the drones flying all over this country. Uh, spying on us, spying on farmers to make sure they aren't killing, you know, endangered species or, you know, uh, redirecting water or whatever the heck, the, you know, it is, or drones, especially over the poor black and Hispanic neighborhoods and helicopters and everything, because that's where the high crime is. We could have such a safer country if we simply ended this insane war on drugs. Prohibition did not work in the 30s, and prohibition is not working in 20. 13. If we simply re-legalize all the drugs, because throughout most of our nation's history, all the drugs were legal. You could go to an opium den, you could uh, take heroin, you could drink Coca-Cola and have some Coke in it and all that, and we had no drug wars, we had no shootings, no crips, no bloods, none of this insanity. And yet now, we're turning ourselves into a police state, a, 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 a surveillance state, and we want all this security, and we you know, we're, don't want people shooting at each other and all that, and we've got helicopters in the middle of the night with searchlights and drones and, and, and cameras on street corners, you know, in tough neighborhoods and this, that, and the other. And if we simply legalized uh, drugs, then a lot of this stuff would go away and we would be peaceful, mm-hmm. and the people who, do, who would be using drugs and, and suffering from that, we would treat them the way we would treat an alcoholic. This is a social disease. This is not a criminal issue. And we're going to lock you up in some sanitarium or whatever, but not in prison. Um, and, and I think our world would be so much better, so much safer, so much more peaceful. And again, it's just this over-intrusive government with all these rules and regulations and limiting our freedom uh, that has caused this, unintended consequences. But if we legalize drugs, how would the CIA finance its operations throughout the world? Well, (laughs) I'm sure the CIA does a lot of good. Again, it's easy to blame the military or the CIA or other entities of the government. But I don't, and i tell you why, because they simply are tools of the government. I can't tell you how many times I've read stories about how the military did not want to go to war here, there, or wherever, but it was the politicians, their bosses, uh, LBJ, you know, or, or you, know, you pick almost anyone, right. who said, yeah, we need to get you in here and go in there, and same thing with the CIA, and even... Even the IRS, this latest scandal aside, the IRS, is, I think, gets a really, really bad rap because it is simply a tool of the government. And if Congress is passing all these, law, or these uh, policies to you know, spend all this money and then it says to the IRS, you've got to collect on this stuff and you damn well better collect, the problem is not the IRS. The problem is Congress, who is the boss of the IRS. So I have no axe to grind with the IRS as an entity or the FBI or the police or the troops because they're doing what they're told. Now, what if and we take the problem? What if we take this to the next level of, you know, you brought up Congress are the ones that make the laws and the rules. Mm-hmm. Who, let's look at who their bosses are because a lot of people say, you know, politicians should start wearing uh, the logos of all the people that finance them on their shirts. Um, well, that's you know. fine. I have no problem with that. But ask yourself why. Are there so many lobbyists? 
why are there so many people donating so much money to politicians of both parties, of both parties? Why? Well, the answer is, I think, pretty obvious, because the government has now so much power that it can do a lot of things for a lot of people. And so that's the motivation with people donating massive amounts of money and having all these uh, lobbyists and all that. They're recognizing that the government has gotten so big and so powerful, it can help them and it can also hurt them. So, of course, they're going to be spending lots and lots of money throwing it at the government because it's enlightened self-interest. If you want to reduce the influence of money in politics, if you want to reduce the amount of lobbying done uh, to, the, with the, um, uh, to the federal government, then limit the power of the federal government. When the federal government, when the politicians cannot do a lot of favors for big business or for big labor, I mean, both parties do this, but when it, can no, longer, when it no longer has the power to, to do big favors, it's not going to be seeing any more big money. So the way to eliminate this is to cut government down to size, which again means going back to our Constitution, and it's going to be a long, hard slog. There's no question about it. But that's the only answer that I see other than uh, limiting people's ability to contribute money to politicians, which to me is uh, violating free speech. Right. Well, I agree with that also. But we also have this revolving door problem where, uh, you know, a senator a policy person from the FDA or something all of a sudden is uh, working for uh, Monsanto or vice versa. Mm -hmm. You have somebody right. from Monsanto is now in, in the government. So is there a way to stop that or should we even worry about stopping that? Well, first off, uh, that's the question. Is that a problem? That's a, that's a characteristic but is that a good characteristic or a bad characteristic? I don't have an answer. For example, the Monsanto thing. I don't know the first thing about big agribusiness or for uh, ge genetically modified foods or, or, or anything connected with that. I just don't know. I mean, what do I know? So is it a bad idea to get somebody from the, from the, um, the discipline or the field uh, that is now uh, going to be switching from the private sector to the government sector. One argument is that, well, the guy would probably have a better sense of what's going on now working for the government when he had worked for that industry. And so if it's a problem, I'm not aware of it. I know it's a characteristic and it looks sleazy, but has there been any damage? And I don't know, maybe there has been, I don't know. But would we be better off if we said, okay, the person, for example, if uh, you're going to be the Secretary of Agriculture, you, uh, we have to make sure that you never planted a seed anywhere or had anything to do with any type of agricultural activity because we want you to be pure and clean from the outside. How long would that learning curve take before this guy got up to speed about what, you know, agribusiness is really all about? Um, I'd have to see some really good, hard evidence that this revolving door, which I you know everybody talks about, is a bad thing and that there's something better out there. Maybe there is, but I've yet to see any studies, any hard data that makes that case. I understand that. That makes a lot of sense. You, you seem to be a very uh, poignant person as far as... Um, you want to make sure everything's there and, and very visible to you and to people to be able to research and see it. Just a one example I'd like to throw out to you, and this goes sure. back. Uh, you remember? The mean, where's Lexi? Is Lexi ever going to be joining us? Yeah, she's back. She's she's oh, our, she is? yeah, she's here. I'm sorry. Yeah, I stepped away for a minute. My youngest sister just went into labor, so <laughs> I'm oh, really sorry. It's been very exciting, child? but I've been okay. trying to uh, her first child. 
It's her first child, yes. So. A boy or girl? A girl. Girl. Uh, does she have a name? Uh, it's, it's going to be Isabella. Yep. Oh, because I was going to suggest Demetria. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did I say something funny? That's a, that's um, a nice second anyway, choice. Anyway, it doesn't on, work I out guess. with Isabella. Just say to her, look, just consider Demetria. Just, just, just keep it in mind. It's very low-key, very low-key. And um, we'll see what happens. She, she'll probably end up thanking you someday. So, um, <laughs> we'll keep you informed if that happens. But the one yeah. I want to throw at you real fast is, um, you, yeah. remember, you remember the underwear bomber, right? Uh, well, yeah, sure, yeah. Now, you're Detroit. Yes, yeah, you remember... By the way, uh, if that would have happened over Detroit, considering where Detroit is today, there's a joke in there somewhere, but I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> it might have helped them. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, there you go. You got Michael Chernoff, who was... Uh, I forget what his, what his position was at the time... Um, the the uh, Homeland Security. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, that's right, he was the head of Homeland Security, so... As soon as that happens, oh, we got to get these body scanners in every in every right. airport. Every airport has to have a body scanner. Right. Uh, needless to say, they were already ordered prior to that. And as soon as that happened, everybody went, "Yeah, we got to have them." Where does he work now? Sure. He works for the company that had sold all the body scanners to him. Right. And is that a good or bad thing? I would take it as a bad thing because why? Uh, that that's just my opinion. Because remember, well, I'm right. I'm a conspiracy type guy. I look but, at well, these okay, things. That's fine, and you may be right. But tell me why it's a bad thing. Because he made a nice profit. So you, a libertarian, are saying that profits are bad things? When they're done by evil evil means, I think so. All right. What was evil about him pushing this idea that he already had and just pushing it more after the, um, the underwear bomber. What was evil about it? Well, because I believe the underwear bomber was brought onto that plane on purpose by people within our government, and mm-hmm. I've, I've spoken with witnesses who were there. Uh, um, 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 haste, uh, no, who am I thinking of? Um, Kurt Haskell. Yeah, that lawyer. Yeah, Kurt yeah. Haskell, he was on the plane. He's come out mm-hmm. and spoken many a times about people watching him, helping him get on the plane. Mm-hmm. recording him while he was on the plane. So that, to me, um, you know, I believe in false flags. That sounds to me like that was a false flag mm-hmm. attempt. I would need, and of course, I don't know if you're right or wrong, because obviously I don't have any evidence either way. Frankly, I can't imagine our government is that efficient. But let's, let's say that it is. Instead of looking at that, at the, uh, looking at that I'm going to look at something else, something actually Dr. Ron Paul had brought up a good while ago, and that is, why is the federal government responsible for the security of these businesses, these businesses being airlines? In every other industry, or virtually every other industry, the companies are responsible for their security and the security of their customers. The airline industry is the only one that I'm aware of, although there must be others, but primarily this one, where the government is saying, we're going to take care of security for these businesses, for United and for U.S. Airways and Southwestern. And I'm going, it's like, wait a minute, why are we doing this? If United or Southwest or any airline, JetBlue, pick one, it doesn't matter, is concerned about its safety and security for its airplanes, for its citizens, my guess is they're going to figure out a way to have as much security 
and um, safety and all that as the market will bear. They will figure that out. Mm -hmm. And so will every other airline. And they may agree on some systems, and they may all have different systems, like they have different schedules and different gates and different cities and different whatever. And then we, the customers, can decide, well, I kind of like JetBlue's system here for my safety, or I like Southwest Air. And that way, you get the government out of this business because, and then when you do that, it doesn't matter about churn-off. If he has a good, pro, excuse me, a good product, then he can try to sell it to the these businesses, these airlines, and some of them might take it, and some of them might uh, might not. Get the government out of this, and the problem with churn-off and all the other churn-offs goes away because now there there's no vested interest. There's no I'm not even using the right term, but it doesn't matter anymore because the, the businesses take care of their security, like every other business does. I don't care if it's a 7-Eleven. I don't care if it's Xerox or, or Apple. They have their own security. They have their own security for not only people breaking in, but they also have their own security for their computers and everything else. Businesses do this every friggin' day. 7-Elevens do it. They have a security guard sometimes at night or, or whatever. And yet we have the government doing this groping, this incredible in, in, in evasive, invasive groping and everything else with these airlines. And it's like, why, why are we picking up the cost of these airlines' security? These are businesses, and let them make their own decisions. And, you know, let me tell you, if they don't make good decisions, they're going to go out of business. So there's a real good motivator to, to make really, really good decisions. Do that. Let the free market take over. Let these businesses handle their own expenses of security. All this other stuff goes away. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Dave, you seem like you wanted to ask a question there. Well... <clears throat> I wanted to know because he has all this free market stuff. I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's he's on the ball when it comes to the the, the Mises Institute for you know Austrian Ooh. economics. Oh, that the, the guy, that Austrian guy, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what about him? I, I, I don't wanna, know much about him. Well, well, if you know about Dr. Ron Paul, you kind of know his th thought process on uh, on uh, uh, economics. But anyway, I really, what I, I really to know, don't. I really don't because the I'm not a I'm not a terribly bright guy. I mean, yes, my IQ is approaching triple digits. Not to brag, but it's true. But in terms <laughs> of these guys who the Von Mises or the um, Milton Friedmans and all this, I mean, I tried, and even Ayn Rand. I have, as God is my witness, I have tried and I have tried and I have tried to keep up with them, to, in, with their thinking and reading, and half the time I don't understand it. I'm a real simple guy. I mean, honestly, I am. What you hear is what you get. And to me, if the issue is freedom and, and choices, uh, individuals having as many choices as possible and having the limited amount of government interference in our lives, that's all I care about, whether it's business or, or your private life or whatever. I mean, it is that simple to me. And, you know, Austrian School of Economics or the Chicago School or Milton Friedman and all that, God bless them. But Bastiat, that French guy, you know, you know, great. I don't get that stuff. But I can talk to somebody at the water cooler about how if he had more freedom, he'd probably have more money in his wallet. That's a conversation I can have. What I really wanted to know, though, is uh, when did you turn to the libertarian philosophy? 
Or were, well, were, were you always like this? Or were, you know, were your parents into no, it? No, God, no, 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 no. My mom came from Greece. My dad was a conservative Republican, but not a crazy, uh, not a real crazy guy. But um, I guess my personality, for the longest time in my 20s and early 30s, I was like all over the place. Because nothing, I never felt that I fit that, you know, that they're both parties, the two dominant parties, I didn't realize there were other parties, the two dominant parties had lots of things that I didn't like and I wasn't quite sure. And many times I would just look at the personalities of the politicians. And if uh, this guy seemed like a nicer guy than that guy, you know, then fine. But I guess I, it finally started to dawn on me in 1980 when the Libertarians, who I'd never heard of until 1980, um, had a TV campaign for their presidential ticket. It was Ed Clark and uh, one of the Koch brothers, I think David Koch, you know, the ones that are being demonized now. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, vice president, one of the Koch brothers, uh, they were able to put some money together and they had TV ads. And I looked at the ads and they're talking about freedom and I'm going, Man, you know, that sounds pretty good. And that's where my journey started. Uh, there was a wonderful guy here in Pittsburgh. He's moved a guy named Terry McIntyre who probably did as much to help me understand libertarian philosophy and beliefs as anyone. When I was on the radio at another station here in uh, Pittsburgh, um, he was essentially kind of my mentor, and he helped me really understand a lot regarding libertarian beliefs and all that. And uh, the more that I, I read about him and uh, learned about him, uh, the, the, the more I became, uh, it, was, it was my, you know, essentially it's my, my core belief. I still can't explain objectivism, Ayn Rand stuff. I wish I could but I can't, but I do understand if you're a free person and you can do whatever you want as long as you don't harm others, that's pretty much what we believe, and that I can sell to anyone. Yeah, you know, I, I like your uh, point of view when it when it comes to, you know, battling a statist or, or somebody. Instead of actually engaging in, you know, the defensiveness of it, why not try to say yeah i agree with that and and then well what about what's let's try this i like that i think i'm gonna try to adopt that that's actually fairly it's it's amazing to me and being on twitter as much as i am probably too much the uh the number of people on both sides who resort to name calling and putting down people uh on the other side and i guess they get a degree of satisfaction doing that but I always wince whenever I read that. And please understand, I'm not some, you know, goody two shoes kind of you know, adamant kind of guy or anything like that or Miss Manners. I, I don't swear hardly at all. And the few times that I do in front of other people, I try to catch myself. Not because I have any kind of, well, my morals are better than theirs. Not at all. I just think it's not a really, it's a, not a good way to communicate at all. And when I look at Twitter, and I encourage all your listeners to look at Twitter, look at, follow the people that you agree with, whatever the, you know, whatever your position is on whatever, and look and count the number of times that the people with whom you agree are using Twitter to attack the other side, to call them bad names, to question their sanity, to question their patriotism, to question their intelligence, and on and on and on. And I think to myself, this is crazy. How on earth are you going to convince someone who is either undecided 
or is on the other side that maybe what we have to offer is worth considering if you're going to be calling him names and questioning his intelligence and questioning his patriotism in what universe is this considered a good business plan I would, that's the last thing I would do. And the Governor Christie thing is a great example of that. I could have just said, you know, Governor Christie is an a-hole for saying this about libertarians and, you know, make some fat jokes and make some references to him liking Obama and this, that, and the other. And that is, abs- in my opinion, that is absolutely the wrong approach. Yeah. Instead, look for the common ground. Instead of thinking that the person on the other side, let's say, um, you know, picks a, a, a neocon, let's say a neocon who's a real interventionist who just loves being like a McCain, you know, going to war, at, you know, at a drop of a hat and all that. Instead of just saying, well, this guy's insane, he's crazy or, you know, whatever, instead compliment him. Thank you for your service to your country. This man was a, a POW for a number of years. This is the same McCain who warned that. Uh, Ronald Reagan was wrong to leave all those troops in Lebanon and uh, ended up those troops getting killed because they were sitting ducks. McCain was right about that. And McCain wants world peace and he wants the bad guys gone. Well, we agree with that. So agree with him and find the areas where we're trying to accomplish the same goal and then just point out that his approach and our approach is different, even though we want the same to accomplish the same thing, and here's how we think our approach might work, and here's how when we tried his approach, it failed. And I think we're going to get at least some people who are undecided to give us another look, and even some people on the other side who instead of, you know, maybe they're expecting us to call them names or call them stupid or, or, or question their patriotism, which really just gets to me no end. I'm amazed at the number of people on Twitter who are conservatives or Tea Party or even libertarians uh, saying that the other side, the liberals, the progressives, are um, traitors. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, it just amazes me and that we're the only people that care about what's best for America and the other side wants to destroy America. I mean, if we stop and think about that, I think that is a terrible, terrible approach. I think we have to respect the other side and say, you know, maybe, just maybe, they think they're doing this for good reasons too. But their approach, they want to make America better. We disagree with the way they're doing it. Like Obamacare, completely disagree. But instead of just you know, bashing it and all that, which is easy to do, say, okay, in order to help get a lot of people have health insurance, here's our approach. Here's how we think ours is going to work a lot better. So I think we libertarians have a lot to learn about uh, manners, about uh, interacting with other human beings, about speaking their language instead of speaking our policy wonk stuff, and uh, being patient and accepting. And I think over time, that will make a difference, because otherwise, you call people names, you put them down. Do you think there'll be more receptive to our message, or even less so? Right, exactly. And that's a big thing we try, and we we can be uh, at fault to that sometimes ourselves, but we very try, mm-hmm. we try very hard to not bring it down to a personal level and attack oh, yeah. somebody on a yeah. personal level. Uh, we'll attack whatever whatever it is we might not believe in, but we, we always try not to do the name-calling thing. We've had that happen on, on another show that, that I work with, mm-hmm. you know, where um, uh, it was a libertarian turned to a progressive and said, you know what, you're an asshole. 
Yeah, that's that's just the worst possible. I mean, it's just, it's just, there's no upside to this other than temporary. You're oh, you feel really great satisfaction. Oh, I really put him in his place. Well, maybe you did, and then maybe this person is going to dig in his heels even that much more so the next time another libertarian comes along and says, you know, maybe I've got a better approach. You're you're poisoning the well. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to sell someone a widget, are you going to? Call that person names. Are you going to question that person's, I mean, to his face, calling him names, questioning his intelligence, questioning his patriotism, and then you're going to sell him a widget? Right. Who does that? It doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't, and yet it happens. All that you go on Twitter right now, I'll bet you, right now in your timeline, and you'll find hundreds of examples of this. People who truly care about the country, and it doesn't matter which side, truly care about freedom, truly care about making the world better for everyone, and what they say about the other side, the people they're trying, that they should be trying to convince is unbelievable. It, it never fails to amaze me. It's like, what are you people doing? This is not the way to, to win over people. You're, you're alienating them. That's the last thing you want to do. How are you going to sell a widget to somebody who is now hating you? Right. How do you do this? You, you can't. It's impossible. Listen, yeah. Dimitri, we could talk all night, I'm sure. I mean, I, this has been a wonderful conversation. We've been oh, going yes, an hour enjoyed. now. Um, so we could definitely do this again. I'd love to have Lexi, you on again. Is Lexi, is Lexi always this quiet? No, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm really, really preoccupied with <laughs> with my sister and my mother and my aunt and my other sister. Uh, like, yeah, oh. little Demetria coming into the world. So little Demetria, Isabella Demetria. I need to get two things from you, Demetria, before we let you go. Yes. Um, first thing, let's get you to pimp out uh, where people can follow you at, where they can find you at. We have people. Twitter, sure. Uh, one Demetri, that's a digit. Uh, at one Demetri, at one and the Demetrius spelled with three eyes D I M I T R I and uh, please follow me on Twitter and you can also friend me on Facebook I've got a very interesting Facebook wall with lots of neat interesting things pictures and stories um, check them out and uh, that would be uh, that would be great and then if you follow me on Twitter I'll let you know when uh, next time I'm on KDK in Pittsburgh and uh, we'll go from there excellent and now the other thing I'd like to get from you is we do yep. we do them live here. Uh, if you wouldn't mind giving me just a little uh, uh, a drop, you know, hey, this is uh, Dimitri Vassilaro from uh, KDK Radio or whatever it was there. Um, mm-hmm. You're listening to The First 52 on RazRadioLive.com. All right. Hi, this is Dimitri, the lovable libertarian from Pittsburgh, uh, who's on KDKA, and uh, you're listening to the, I'm sorry, the what, 52? <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the First 52. The First 52. You're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with Sean and Lexi and that guy with uh, missing toe. <laughs> That's a good one. I appreciate it, man. I will be in touch with you. Um, you know, you and I talked about some things, so you let me know if that uh, other thing we talked about in private is something you're still interested in. And we can we will- talk. We can certainly uh, talk. By the way, uh, do I get any kind of lovely parting gift? for spending all this time here with you? Do I get a cup or a mug or a a T-shirt or anything? When I get some stickers in, I'll send you a bumper sticker. Uh, (laughs) That would be a no. Okay, I get it. Yeah, there's not a lot of money in internet radio. Get out. Really? Okay. (laughs) Not much at all. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, And Lexi, of course, I appreciated it. And um, I wish you all the best. And uh, keep fighting, um, uh, or not even fighting, but keep talking uh, liberty and freedom. And um, uh, let's win people over with um, 
you know, with you know, let's try to win them over. Let's try to get them on our side. Excellent. Well, I I enjoyed listening to you. I uh, and I'm sorry I didn't communicate quite so well, uh, but you were definitely fun. It was enlightening, and I appreciate your attitude towards things as well. That's well, definitely refreshing. I just hope that uh, Sean will be able to turn you on better next time. So good luck with that. Too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, brother. We will talk to you soon. Good night. Have a good night. There goes Mr. Dimitri. That was a great interview. I mean, he was a lot of fun, very knowledgeable. Hard time living that down. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a hard time living that down. Now the Twitter guys are going to get on to it real soon. Everybody, it already happened. Everybody make sure you give him a follow. At one, the number one, Dimitri. D-I-M-I-T-R-I. Um, just a wealth of knowledge. His Twitter, he puts out some great information. And uh, show him the love. Show him the Raz love, guys. Let him know that uh, he was heard tonight. And we're going to take a break. Uh, you're listening to First 52, RazRadioLive.com. We'll be back in a few minutes, and uh, you know we love you, so be careful. <laughs> What's life worth? <laughs> you must dig deep under the careful. Streets on first. What's life worth? Oh, but it's worth. Come from a please and to prove one Why must they They still taking orders from the man. Fam. They $300,000 debuts worth two grand I got a cool million to run Chances of them fucking with me is like two trillion to one It can't happen Why you and your man yapping? You're all about talk My squad demand action Stay with a rare repartee The shit that they do speaks so loud I can't hear what they say Every day we just get a little bit more advanced And we never gonna digress Only further the circumstance The system is designed to get burglars to urge the dance And put some people in positions where murder is worth the chance Fuck a poetic license brother when I ain't right to enlighten, son, I'm spitting to simply ravage your kitten and dispose of them devils trying to demonize my mission and vilify my philanthropic wishes. Life worse, no doubt it's all about the purse. Rip your pocketbook tight tonight, it's the worst. Greedy capitalists got the streets on burst and they pushing for peace on earth. What's life worth? Ask yourself, what come first? How much can one do with one verse? Do you want to get in touch with the universe? Do you want to cause death or give birth? What's life worth when you're living inside a virtual prison And information you're given's essentially science fiction Juice is a robbery victim, used to the sodomy system Your future's poverty-stricken, computer lottery picking It's almost like a brand new world is getting ushered in It's hard to tell the Republicans from the Demopublicans Or could you ever notice a difference in the beginning Or was it just an illusion created by a magician? Listen, they use using multiplication that's intruded addition Economists don't know how to subtract, it's due to division Society is greed-stricken, sipping red rum Stepping over half-dead bums to feed Pigeons. It's an illusion of safety and it's a hazard When the only real choices you got is paper or plastic You know what's really terrifying? Old rich men keep designing wars for young poor people to die yeah, them this one Control the earth, the earth, the earth Yes, my friend Do you think your life's really worth? Guess again Global this one Control the earth, the earth, the earth And the youth What do you think? What do you think? Simple one I mentioned.
mentioned it already, survival, okay? And in order to learn that, Mother Nature, yeah? Always took my cue from nature. I realized some time ago that, you know, I'm not separate from nature just because I have a primate brain, an upper brain. Because underneath the primate brain, there's a mammalian brain. And beneath the mammalian brain, there's a reptilian brain. And it's those two lower brains that made the upper brain possible in the first place. Here's where it works. The primate brain says, give peace a chance. The mammalian brain says, give peace a chance, but first let's kill this motherfucker. And the reptilian brain says, for a slight No doubt it's all about the purse. Rip your pocketbook tight, tonight is the worst. Greedy capitalists got the streets on burst, and they pushing for peace on earth. What's life worth? Ask yourself, what comes first? How much can one do with one verse? Do you want to get in touch with the universe? Do you want to cause death or give birth? Yo, what is life really worth? What is it worth? Hey everybody, this is Buzz Bob. You're listening to RazRadioLive.com. And make sure you tune into the first 52 Kim Trail Stimmers, along with In Focus with the Speedy Eye Chippy, the Weekend Review with Kevin Harris, and make you got to take your pants down to the ladies' room, and other great programming with Salty Talking Kitty Kitty. And what's your Twitter See you later, handle? Fuckers. And what's your Twitter handle? At Buzzin' All right. And what's mine? At Shifty. At Shifty SBS, you old trucking fucker. And would it have killed you to tell people that they need to donate, Buzzard? Jesus Christ. It's the end of the day. 
day. My check's clear, that means I just got paid, and it's Friday night. I hope we all get laid, and it's a good thing some things don't change. Down on the corner where the radio plays. It's summertime. It's summertime, take your stress away. The sunshine takes your breath away. My nine to five is how my bills get paid. It's summertime, I hope we all get laid. Down on the corner where the radio plays. the crowd because I brought my crew. You're listening to Frank Castle and Sean Raz on the first 52. Ribbit, mama. Ha, I know you all know what that means. It's the third hour on the first 52 here on RazRadioLive.com. means we're going to have some fun. Uh, the third, 35 minutes, should I say. Got four toad on the other end. Lexi's on the phone again, so she'll be back in a moment. And of course, we've got somebody. You know, I haven't talked to you in so long, Frank. I just I don't know what to say. I, it's been so long. <laughs> Joe, how do we sound? A little low. A little low. Check, check, check. There we go. How's that? That's right, better. Good. Yeah. So I haven't talked to you no, forever. Man. You know, it's just been so long since we talked last. How you been? Um, I'm okay. You're doing all right. right. I'm, I'm actually very, I'm very excited. You're very um, excited. Wait for Lexi to come back. Yeah, we can't oh, do yeah, that yet. Have to say yeah, nothing can't do Lexi that yet. No, no but Lexi you know what back. we can talk about? Frank Castle has his very first solo performance in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. New York. September 13th at Trash Bar. Really good place. Dave Cahill gave me the two thumbs up. I was just going to say that. He's like, yo, my man, that's great. I'm like, no, I know. But it's solo, um, it's Heist Click show, but I'm going to be there by myself, maybe with a hype man, maybe not. Um, it doesn't matter, though. I'm putting together 20 minutes of super explosiveness and uh, naturally the new two singles. And it's a first time out for me. I get nervous. And uh, I like to talk about everything, so I don't hold back when I'm a little, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm so scared or whatever. Like, I'll talk to you guys about it. I'll talk to anyone about it. And they're right. like... Some people look at me like, oh, look, he's uh The big guy scared. scared. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, it's a healthy fear, motherfucker. I'm like, you know, I'm... It's an I energizing fear. The, it's an energizing fear. It really oh, gets dude. you going. The guy at the, the studio that I was at, he, he, it was like in the basement of his place, and it's huge. And it's a really rock-style, like, studio setup. And it's so cool to be in there. You just feel like you're instant classic. And uh, he comes downstairs, and he's with his band... And he goes, yo, man, we, we just had to stop you, man. That's you singing, right? That's you doing it? And I'm like, yep. He's like, well, last week, well, two weeks ago when you were in here, it wasn't as good as that, but it's great. He goes, my son wanted to come down here and talk to you. I'm like, uh-oh. 
So he oh. runs upstairs. I go through, listen, 20, no, it was 30 minutes straight, nonstop. And I was just doing different things. I was trying to blend things because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing right now. And um, I'm putting it together, and they come downstairs again. They're like, yo, sorry, we had to stop you. I have to tell you. Now, here's the surveillance state. Good, hard at work. He's like, man, I'm upstairs at my, at my desk. My wife comes in and goes, yo, this kid is fucking great. Is he recording this? So he starts recording me. Doesn't tell me. Then flips on the security camera in the studio and has a bunch of people upstairs watching me. And they run downstairs and they're like, all right, we got to tell you. You've been on camera for like 30 minutes and we just had to do this. And I'm like, I'm, I have no fear of the camera. They're, they're <laughs> but, fans. But they're... that was awesome. No, I took it to another level. Man. I was like, yo, that's awesome. I gave everybody hugs. But Frank and this guy have talked. Like, they're, they're cool. He's not like a fan of the music like that. You know what I'm so excited about? I just have to jump in one second. What's I'm that? so happy that he is going to perform Come Alive. That is my favorite. I have a personal attachment to that song. To Come Alive? Yeah. Yeah, because if it wasn't for me, that song wouldn't even be out. Well, yeah, it was like hanging in limbo until she was like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You know, I hear a lot of his music, some he keeps secret. So I'm sitting on the couch, I have my earphones on, he's doing shit, and all of a sudden, Come Alive comes on. And I'm like looking at him. She's like, 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 what is this? But I don't want to stop listening. And I'm like, (laughs) what? Where, Where the fuck did this come from? Why isn't this out? And he's like, well, uh, I'm like, oh, what? I'm like, you know what? But I, people, I love this song. A lot of people put me down to try to step out of the box. They wanted me in that classical hip hop box, and I'm sorry. So on that very night, we sat here and we um, you'll you'll appreciate this. We mixed and mastered it again. Like you know, we're like, come on, I'm like, fuck, let's fuck with that. You know what I mean? We can make this better. Right. It doesn't need to be re-recorded. It's only your sounds. And and it came out fucking top notch, bro. Just right it's out. It's just the an bat. awesome song. Just, That's when you know it's good. And by the way, I want to stop everything for one second what's up Forto what's going on oh, he, hey sir you're my, that's my boy yeah did he can you hear me yeah I hear you loud hey honey hey He's I got a, a mic are you <laughs> eating hear, a cucumber I can I tell you how proud I am of you really quickly I just actually finished I love a, cu- a cucumber a, a cucumber like 30 seconds ago yeah, I cut I cut up a cucumber during the break, and I just finished eating it like thirty seconds ago. No shit. And this is and this is why I'm your biggest fan. And now I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> but wait, no, I love that you grow your own peppers. That's mad cool. Even it I respect ex- that shit. Well, you were like ex- peppers and egg. I'm thinking that's what I want for breakfast. <laughs> Dave's cooking <laughs> breakfast when I'm we're down here. I'm coming to Dave's house though because he cook. You know, he grows the peppers. <laughs> Dave, He's if I bring you socks a... and underwear, can you cook me breakfast? He's going to wear a farmer's hat, <laughs> and he's going to come in with a box of organic vegetables and be like, all right, here it is, chemtrail free. <laughs> <laughs> Slam them right down on the bed at Razfest and be like, let's eat. Are we going to have salsa music for breakfast? Sure. Why not? You know, I really think we have to start getting Frank understanding really that. Don't understand. You know, he needs to get there, into like a mellow mode. She'll be up and be like, "Hi guys." I'm up early like, every morning too. Don't worry. I'm I'm a I'm six seven o'clock in the morning. My body automatically wakes up. I can't sleep in. I was up at. I mean, we were going all night last night. We didn't go to bed till probably two or three here, and I was up at uh, I don't know seven thirty eight o'clock this morning. It's just oh, how I am. Man, yeah, my, I totally get that. Yeah, my body. Well, you know, once you work early in the morning, your body automatically just you know goes into wake up mode at a certain time every day. Hey, yeah. I have a quick question for Frank. What's that? Um, 
uh, when when you go into when you're doing your gig in Brooklyn, is there a chance that you could uh, you stream that shit? Because I know you, you you like to do that from time to time. And since you know I I can't make it to Brooklyn, um, maybe there's a way that we could see maybe some behind the scenes or whatever. Is there a way that you can make that I, happen? Do we I, have a, the camera? No. What I would need to do, I have a I have a a portable Wi-Fi station, and uh, I'm gonna try to take. It doesn't work everywhere. These fucking things like on on and off they pop up towers and then they're not with them anymore but if i got that going i could stand the ipad on stage with me and just press fucking play there you go that would can't we just have somebody in the crowd do it and like then no well the Ustream, it well it, it connects to the mic stand they make this mic stand holder okay and then you just flip the camera the direction you want to see and then you'll see it he- like it'll reflect off the giant screen and i'll just turn that to be the direction that you know, I know. I, think I is so best. wish you guys could be here. All right, there's there's Lex is in the house. Lex, sorry, sorry, honey. Listen, I've I... been on the phone almost this whole show. Yeah, you been... know what? You, this is so exciting. I just have to jump in and say congratulations. Thank you. I don't know. I know you're a mom. I don't know if you're an aunt. I am not a mom, but I'm an aunt, and it is fucking fabulous. She takes it so seriously. You're like their mother. You know what I mean? Because they'll go anywhere with you and do anything, and they'll tell you that you were their best friend. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's. And then you leave them back with their parents, and you go home and drink (laughs) wine. It's like the best of both worlds. Seriously. You know, no medical bills. Kind of sounds like you went to the petting zoo on that one. (laughs) No, I I never did that. Oh, well, yeah, she loves actually, kids. they're going away, so I had to go see them. Cause we, we were sitting on the beach today, and I got the radio hooked up, and I've got the music playing. And the reason why I played Summertime is because it came on the beach, and we got it blaring on the beach. Everybody's around us. and It's, it's a fun summer song. It, it's it a is. great song. That's one of my like happy songs. Like When I want to be happy, I put that on. You know, uh, You only have one or two happy songs, Frank. You need some more happy songs. I, I love when, when, <laughs> when Bang says you can't play ball in the living room. I don't know. Just something about he that hits memory. He was writing it in the living like, room. Like, you can't do and that. And he goes, remember when I did this and my grandfather walked by him he's like I fucking dare you to do it again and Rob's like see you can't play ball in here you get slapped they slap the shit out of you <laughs> too much like, alright yeah. we, we've kept everybody in suspense since last night okay. yeah and you know what I don't even know I know I didn't I didn't even tell Dave wow, wow. Mr. I didn't t- you know, oh wait a second I told you this the last time we spoke I've been holding this in all fucking day, man. It's been a full 20-something <laughs> hours since we spoke, and I've been fucking holding this back. I haven't made a mention. She keeps talking to me about it, and I'm kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Lex, I have to take over BIC in this lip over Frank. Yeah, she's effectively... Uh, you have uh, to, like, give me she's him She's like to a motivator. It. It's kind of cool. It's like having The Rock, only this short little chick that has a voice like this. <laughs> well, you, here, here we got BIC North and BIC South. Well, no, no, I don't want to have her title. I just want, uh, no, not at over all. Me. I just, just want over it me. over him. <laughs> yes. No, I'm 66. I'm cool. With People I are like, we couldn't there motivate can only you be for a year and a half. Charge. And I'm like, I was working that whole time. They're like, she comes in the room and seven songs get mastered and, and put out. What the fuck is that about? I'm like, it could tell you about something the people I'm working with and surrounded by. Yeah. Ooh. Well, you know, when I first met him, right, I'm like, I didn't know nothing about High Split. Not for nothing. No, I didn't know him. I told him, I'm like, listen, I don't want to be rude or anything, 
but I don't know who the fuck you are. To me, you're just Frankie from the Bronx over there. <laughs> I'm like, I know the street. I used to drink on your corner. I'm like, you know, we had a great conversation because we knew similar things, but I don't know who the fuck you are, musical. It felt so good, though. And then when I would go over, and there would be, like, other rappers there, right? Now, this is in my head. I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to have, like, an all-night jam session. I'm going to get to sit here, hang out, and listen to these guys, like, just do this. Oh, and you know what they used to do for month after month? They played zombies. <laughs> zombies? Uh, zombies. And I'm like... Uh, yeah, the, the, on the PS3, they have Nazi zombies. Uh, oh, on one of the other games, they got the side one. Yeah. Dude, um, all right. Let me just stand up for myself for one second. Just to say, <laughs> I get what you're saying. The whole time I was producing stuff solo-y, quiet, getting things done. The whole time, because... With, no, with everybody else doing During that. zombies, you got to imagine. I am afraid of zombies like I'm afraid of sharks. <laughs> and Chinese and, people. <laughs> Yo, yes. Chinese zombies would be out of control. <laughs> Carrying sharks? Dude, you want me to just shit in my pants sending me that shit all day long. Sharknado. That's fucking scary. Who cares? They're fucking there. Let's run. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I was like, what is this? Some sort of joke? And why is Tara Reid in it? And he was like, no, it's like a sci-fi so, no, show we, they're doing. That's horrible. I've been seeing You know what? I'm glad I saw that though because everybody's talking about it I don't know what the hell I didn't know what it was I had to look it up today I thought it was a joke (laughs) it scares you so you gotta understand like I watched I I was going to Netflix and I flicked through and it was like shark night and I'm staring at the photo and I'm like yo yo 66 look at this and she's like dude sharks don't look like that I'm like look at the fucking size of that she's like relax What I wanted to say on a positive note was that was how it used to be. And today when he came home from practice, because there's other musicians that pop in, whatever. I was telling my family, like, you know, he could pick up a guitar player or this or that. I'm like, that's what, I don't know, that's how I see it going down in the music. The guy rolled on me and said, no, I know that song. Is that the right word? He goes, I can play that right now with that So when he came home today, it was a really positive. So I just think it's all going in the right direction. And this is going to be an awesome show if you guys can get to New York. He's like, where's the band? I was like, I'm a solo act now, buddy. Frank Castle's the name. Nice to meet you. And he was like, wow. Hi. I'm like, no, don't worry about it. I can't wait to get this in video form so everybody can see this as it goes down. They make the best faces when they're talking, and they're so animated. It's just great. I wish you guys out there could see that. Before we called in, we were practicing a verse that I just can't wait for you to hear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't tell him, though. I didn't tell him anything. I just yeah. said a verse that I can't wait for him to hear. Oh, my oh. God, he is. <laughs> That's a nice surprise. All right, check it out. Yeah, okay. let's get to the announcement. Here's the big announcement, okay? Um, we're coming outside the box again. When you thought it was done, it wasn't. We're fucking back. Monday night's opposite... A natural affair. The, internet, the International Heist Radio Show is coming to rosradiolive.com. And we're going to be doing it twice a month, same time, 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. <laughs> fucking live on Ustream, but we're going to be broadcasting through, right? Like, I want to make sure, because if not, I won't do a video show, but the fans want the video show. Right. No, we can do it. I'll get, I'll, really we'll different. talk this week and get it all set up. All, uh, wait, first I've got to say this. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I know we took some time off. The problem was is that we were having um, like music issues. Mainly, we have to do an album. All of a sudden, nobody has time. Everybody's got time to play video games and fuck around. Nobody's got time to do what they got to do. Right. So 
I took it on my shoulders. Burns has it on his shoulders, and we've been working with different artists and all kinds of different things. And it's all set up and ready to go. We're in full gear now. In other words, like you could send me anywhere, and I can just do what I have to do. Like I'm practiced, I'm ready to go, and I'm versed. And it's time. I got hype about this last week to the point where I, I was freaking the fuck out. She came in the house before, and I was I was getting the new um, intro done. And I was laughing and screaming. She walked in and gave me the face like, like you know when you don't know if they're going to give you the pissy look or right. hello? I grabbed a beer. She looked at me and was like, all right, hold on. I, she got a beer. She went to pee. And then she's like, what's going on here? And I'm like, listen to this. And she's like, oh, my God, you're feeling it? I'm like, I'm losing my mind. It is great. Yeah, I'm so, excited. I'm excited. So uh, International Heist, Click Heist Show is going to be coming to Raz Radio. It'll also be on Ustream, so you'll be able to get both sides of it. You can watch um, us. That hold on. Fans love it's, that. Hold on. It's 7.30 to 9.30, twice a month. What fucking day? Monday, Monday night. Opposite Monday, opposite Opposite a natural affair. He said that, Dave. Oh. Uh, Come on, Dave. Uh, Monday geez, night is natural affair. It. Then next week after that will be the International Heist Radio Show. And then it'll be natural affair, then International Heist Radio Show. And however it lands, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, I might even interject at times, at weird times, and just post stuff up for you guys. And um, it's all going to be poked through the, the, the parent system, which is going to be all Sean and the fam <laughs> at uh, rosradiolive.com. I can't wait. I'm so excited. My vagina is moist. I mean, her vagina is moist. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be the sickest thing. We're going to... Um, just another great addition to Raz Radio Live, and I'm just... I'm so... I'm so excited that you've decided to do this finally. I mean, we've been talking about it for over a year now, you know, as long as we've been doing this. Uh, so I'm glad to see it coming back. I'm glad that, that you're going to be involved with us and just helping the family grow, man. It's, it's, it's extremely exciting. Well, you know what? You've always asked him to come on Yeah, yeah. Show. You've you always I mean? managed to slip that in there. So when you're coming out. <laughs> for like a year. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm like, it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. It's but just see, part of it. What happened was there was like a lazy moment of like having to restructure and the whole thing needed restructuring and lockdown. Like if we're, we take this serious and when you're with guys that all don't take it serious – um, or, or anyone that you're working with doesn't take it serious, it brings it down. And then and when there's interfighting. Yeah, you don't want that. There's no drama. But when it's fun, you get what, what you get on Roz Radio. Yeah. I listen to you guys all week long. All, right? Like, yeah. We don't listen. To, we just listen. We dance to music around here. We do my stuff. We and, go uh, out. We but when we can, everyone we show. Everyone. There's not a show we haven't listened to just to test the waters. And we break balls constantly now with everyone. <laughs> wait, wait. I want to say something. Sean's show um, aired today. He's in his new studio, right? Oh, I Scott. Mean, Scott. Yeah, Scott. Scotty, yeah. yeah, he Scotty, got his new stu- right? Yeah, he got his new studio up and running uh, and, and aired up today. And how did that sound? I was on the beach, to be honest with you, so I didn't. I, I know. It I, up was, immediately. I was out. Yeah, I, I, from what I heard, it went pretty well. I think he had some issues in the beginning. Uh, but he was still tweaking out all the adjustments. That's why he came a week early, so he could start doing interviews next week. Can Dave? I tell you guys a secret? What's that? I think um, we might be working on my next, my third track together. Oh yeah, I, I I think you talk, I think you mentioned that last night too. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna do some beats there. for you or some riffs no, for you. Well, he's gonna he's gonna do yeah he's gonna um I'm trying to pull the next song. Sometimes I have to listen to other people's music, and like in the middle of their song, there'll be like one part of the music where you're like, "Wow!" Now you can't. I don't sample like that. Like I usually have things chopped up. I think "Down on the Corner" is the only one we pulled, and then we had to lay beats behind it and everything. But um, I had to pull this one 
and, uh, and, and just make my own beat with this sound and then go, okay, now I need someone to come over here and listen to me when I sing and then go, okay, remove that and play it kind of like that, but rock style, like hard. He heard it and was like, dude, I could kill this. And he just started like ripping it up. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, if you could work that way, I could show you how to do it because Skype is how, how it, it rules. It rules sometimes with, with, uh, with us. I work with Jordan Page sometimes just up on Skype. Well, so. there's, a, there's a better technology out there that, uh, for, for clarity of sound uh, for voice over IP. So uh, when you guys are ready, and, and Scott actually knows how to use it. So when you're ready, I could, or maybe he could help you out and hook it up so that way you guys will have really good communication back and forth without, uh, without the some, – because sometimes Skype gets a little bit fucked up. It does. Yeah, it it's does. Thing. Yeah. It's not. We're not. I'm not recording. He'd be recording his stuff there, but we could sing in live time back and forth to each other and stuff. You know what it is. Mix minus. Every, everyone's got a great attitude. That I what is of. mix minus? Because I hear you say this all the time. When you when you do what we do with when we're using the Skype like this, uh-huh. you have to wire everything into the board. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. I know we were to just do that. talking about. But you have to auxiliary out the audio oh. back to the computer that the Skype is on so that yep. you can turn down the Skype so that you don't get that echo. Like right now. Isn't that our little box we hit the switch? Right now, if you oh. if you talk right now, you'll get an echo. So say something. Hello. Hear that echo in your headphones? Yeah. Now you won't you don't because I can turn that down so you don't get a reverb of your own. Audio. And that's the mix minus? Yes. Basically, all right, here's what you're doing. You're getting everything, you're getting the whole mix out of the board. Uh-huh. Minus your own voice. Because so we have a board that we're going to have to put up. Yeah, we got to go back to the board. I'm going to. Well, you know what? I just know I will just. Pull. We're going to have guests. We're going to listen. I'm Dave's gonna just the best check man I ever met. Yeah, yeah Dave. Dave's he did so, I couldn't us. do something for two hours. I called Dave. I'm like, he's like, give me control of your computer. I'm like, all right. He's like, take down all your naked pictures. I'm like, I don't have naked and he was like, one, two, three. He did it in like, what, seven minutes? What I couldn't do in two hours. I was like, well, I'm just going to call you. That works. Yeah, that, that's I'm going to ship him a bottle of wine so we could drink wine together. That's kind of his job here at Raz Radio <laughs> is to make sure everybody's got their mix minus down properly. Mix minus. <laughs> mix minus. Uh, we're going to practice during the week and we'll hook it up. And uh, I think it's going to work out great because I need I can't do split screen just yet. But I have a camera that I want to put in front of the TV during Skype because I'm not going to have interviews inside my uh, my my place anymore. I'll let them Skype in, and then when I have like the porn stars on, because we're getting them immediately asking, "Oh, you're coming back? You're coming back? When can I come on?" <laughs> so I'm like, "All right, cool. I'll just show everybody the person that's watching that you know on the screen, right. uh, the, the camera in front of the TV screen." I mean, I'm going to keep it subtle. I can't have them get a, get me banned like they did the last time. <laughs> I'll have control. I just won't have them in the house. So anymore. tell our listeners what the I mean, you know, what the show's going to be based around. You you're talking porn it's, stars, music. What's what's going on? Yeah, yeah. It, well, the old fans that know that our friends that know us, you know, for a while, we got mixed into the porn um, industry a little bit between the music and everything, and we just said, "Fuck it, let's interview everybody." And we were just doing like a variety show, and uh, we've interviewed wrestlers, MMA fighters, um, porn stars, authors of, authors of books, um, people that have done movies, actors, actresses, dancers strippers i mean everything exotically under the sun i mean she she interviewed the dude with the biggest fucking junk i've ever seen in my life yeah he was all in leather and that was in leather too yeah so we'll give it to you all and then i talk about um serious stuff 
to the most mundane nonsense that he has. He's always political rants. Always. I'll have my political rants. We're gonna we're gonna section it up a little bit. We're gonna. Oh, we're you know what we're gonna bring to Raz Radio? It's the best thing. Shout outs to RJ Definition. This of This is the best thing. We're gonna bring the high five. Oh yeah, which is famous for for uh, every show. RJ does the show with us. He's our Ewok. Yeah, he's Ewok. fuzzy. Yeah, we yeah, have an Ewok, we have an Ewok, Ewok on, the show. on our show. His name's RJ, the definition of original. And um, he gathers nuts in the winter. Yes, and he uh, fights off stormtroopers in the spring and fall. <laughs> and he does five <laughs> questions, and he usually gives you two categories. And then, you know, depending on how many you get right, we ring bells and stuff. Yeah, you win a prize. And then and you win a prize. He usually gives you, like, an expired coupon for something. Yeah, you know, or, <laughs> or a rubber <laughs> band. <laughs> yeah. A dirty penny. He, yeah. gave, he gave me one once. He throws That's them at nice. me. Excellent. So but, um, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and, and But his questions are really hysterical. Listen, like, we, what we, look, this is what the show's about. The show's got some real shit. Everybody will know when I'm going off, when I'm being real. And I'll say, I'm being real. Like, take me seriously. Because originally it was about just doing hip-hop music and everything. And people were watching us going, we want to fucking hear you guys talk about this, about this, about this. So we're going to bring you into the round circle. And uh, it's not going to be as crazy as, like, drunken disorderly. Like, that's just, like, a mess uh, waiting to happen. It was. And um, it's fun, though. But what we're going to do is we're going to bring you that, that sacred pleasure that, you know, you want those questions asked. You know somebody's out there questioning this or talking about this. Um, we have a lot of comic book fans. We'll talk. We'll be talking about that. We cover like all entertainment. We'll talk about everything that goes on. Frank's with been to Comic Con. We'll be talking about hip hop. I, I, Who do you interview in Comic Con? Comic Con. We interviewed uh, Jeff Loeb that uh, that created Heroes and and parts of Batman like issues with like the Long Halloween and stuff. And he gave the International High Show. He came up to us and was like, "Yo, I want you to have this interview. So start filming me now." And we were like. Hold, my brother's got his uh, the hero's symbol tattooed on his wrist, so he's like shaking. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And he's like, dude, that's the dude we love. <laughs> so he, he he pulls me over. He goes, you guys seem real, and that's what I really like about you. Look at all these people; they're like fucking assholes. And then Everyone's we had- running to them like, hey, hey, hey. So we took an interview, and he gave, he told us about his his son that committed suicide, and that it caused him to write one of the Batman comics, and the way it was written, and people started screaming at us like, who the Fuck are these motherfuckers <laughs> stepping in our like, way? Back up, motherfucker! I was like, he want, and he's like, you, everybody, back up and wait. And then he he just talks the interview. Well, and that's and what's he, nice about the people here at Raz Radio, you guys included, is we're, we're, this is us. We don't hold anything back. We don't, you know, we don't try to put on a, a persona of something that we're not. All of us, everybody who does well, yeah, everybody that does shows, pretty much is who they are, <laughs> whether they're dicks or not. That's what they are. You know, so that was funny. <laughs> well, it's you. Make that's me a the, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was for you, Skim Biscuits. Uh-huh. Not that I want you to make me a sandwich, but you know what I'm talking about. Because I couldn't say it last night. She's, She's balancing like right now. <laughs> Yo, so we're, we're going to also Yo. give the fans. Um, like if they want interviews from people, like I'll throw an interview at, like I'll try to get those people on the show, or if they can connect us that way. We I'll had give Shoney you what Carter, you want. he's Mr. International. Mr. International. Everyone, Shoney, MMA. Everyone we do interviews with becomes our fucking friend. That's we have already, that kind of effect. That's because we're real people, and people like yeah, real people. You know, Dude, there was one point last night where everyone was dancing in the cameras. Everyone <laughs> shamelessly just going at it, and I was like, "This is why it works so well." Because everyone's on that same wave. So if I'm making the comeback uh, and I'm bringing the show back 
I'm going to bring it back with a group of cats that are all in the same mind frame of doing awesome. And with, with all the conspiracy stuff, I know everybody covers everything. And there's the straight lace show and there's the crazy shows and there's the music shows. We're just going to fucking kind of bring a, um, an awesomeness to all of that craziness. Like, like, think about all the hard conspiracies and you're scratching your brain and you're trying to think of the shape of space and your brain hurts. And then I will provide boobs and bong hits immediately. <laughs> <laughs> boobs and bong so hits. It, it'll bring you when's back the to first, like... When's the first show start? I want to do... Um, two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. No, not this Monday, the following. Right, because this Monday's uh, a natural, a natural affair. affair right? Yep. Right. I'll be premiering also all um, music from different. There's another thing we we had every. We have, artist we'll have a lot of music. Knew. We had so many artists come on, and then they were still like, "Yo, you still doing it? You still doing it?" I'm like, "All right, all right, back up, back up." I was like, "I like I, I have to get back to my." So we music. do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. We we always have the high five as long as Richie's in town. It's fucking hilarious. I'll post. He'll make what, like a thing. It'll be like I'll read you a name, and you tell me is this a porn star or is this character. You know, like somebody in history. Or yeah, whatever. somebody in history, and then, oh yeah. So, so I'm just the high five is the banging show. Yeah, the okay, high five. So is you're awesome. getting it, and it's going to be fucking live and direct every week, Excellent. every other week. Excellent. So it's going to be a lot of fun, dude. I'm so excited that we're going to get to share this because these are the moments, by the way, that create that tidal wave effect that just keeps going. It's like you're you're on that train. And then more people are on. It's like chugga, 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 chugga. And we're fucking hustling, man. This train well, is flying right now. We're excited that our fans now, we put up a lot of posts today that, um, they were, getting that, some that we're going to be able to come to you. And then, you know what? They'll be turned on to your radio station. Yeah, the you idea know, the is to station. be part of your station and bring it to you. So and we're going to bring everyone in. You know, st- diverse shows. Well, we like get, you have one about paranormal. Our fans get mad at me when I go from like, titties to to like really something serious sometimes and i hear like yo i want to hear more about that and stuff i could turn around and be like listen live what you want to hear more about that seriously then you could go here because that's where it's at and then the promotion the inner promotions will start up and um we'll release all songs through uh raz radio which is awesome too because then you guys all get first dibs on that shit that that was my next question you know we we have a song in waiting that we're waiting here on I know. It's I'm I'm my curious. part's done now. All right, now his all right. part's done. Check, check it out. I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> Mr. Burns is actually, he moved the studio, like the the, the record label, and uh, he's got this gigantic house now. He's like, it's just fucking booming. So he just sectioned off a whole area and just made that the, the same exact thing. It's the same thing right in there. His back in his house there, so Yo, he doesn't have to go He's got far. like an, he opened Skype on me and he said, look at my backyard. And he opened the door and it was like an acre and a half. I saw a deer cross in the back, and he's like, mm-hmm. oh, look, a deer, Frank. And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, you could, you could go out here and smoke bong hits. And then I was just laughing so hard, and I'm like, wow. He's like, I'm going to have to get, like, a, one of those forerunners to fucking zip around around here. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. I go, so how far did you move from, the, from where it was right there in town? He goes, oh, like a block away. Nice. And I'm like, Wow. You, you guys, a block away there, though, is like 10 fucking miles. No, there's a lot of stuff up there. Anyway, it's doing really well, and um, and he got, he got the new place, and it opened four days ago, and it's running. So the new song's coming cool. uh, with Payday Monsanto. Yeah, it's a really great song. Payday's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome on it, man. I, really love, I love Payday. I still got to figure out how I'm going to get him to forgive me and come visit with us on the show. You know, I'll maybe the release of the I'll show. Let him know, man. I'll be like, yo, listen, it wasn't him. That's <laughs> it wasn't I that six maybe times. I could talk to him. Yeah, you know, he's going to have to come off for the release of the song, though. You know, I mean, that, that, that'll be, have to be when we finally nail him down and get him to come on. 
You know, because I play his music. I love his music. I mean, no, man, I love it too. I listen to it all the time. Forto, do you like him? Who payday? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't really listen to any of the new music. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, it isn't until you know Heisclick and and Frank and some of the other uh, artists uh-huh. that that he plays, I'm starting to get into new music again, and I'm really well. I have to, to tell you, I think you should check him out. He has a really great a, voice, and he's a, he has a lot of great. Very music. creative. That you could listen to with it because of his voice and his flow and everything, and the way he uh, makes his songs. He's very easy to listen to and fucking just jam. Like, I just find myself smoking and being like, woo, he's killing it again. And he does, like, really interesting music. I, what did I play? It's theatrical in a lot of ways. I was playing something the other day. It was a remake. Oh, it was the remake of, um, of Little Boxes. He does a, a version of Little Boxes, you know, from uh, Weeds, the TV show. Yep. He does one of those. And I, I, was, I played it, on I think, on our show, Dave, the Tuesday show or something. And and mm-hmm. Lexi's like, what is this? I'm like, it's payday. You know, it's just it's he's creative and he does things in so many different ways. He uses a lot of uh, audio clips and stuff in his in his music. You'll hear a lot of that in the beginning. And I just I really appreciate his music, and I, I really hope we can get past what what happened that time. <laughs> well, let me tell you, it's a hot song. Yeah, it's definitely good. When I had to rethink it and go, wow, see, that's how you know you're leveling up. Like you perform, I perform my stuff, right? But I'm kind of like isolated now that I'm not in the crowd doing the hustle anymore. But the hustle takes a lot of time. So you gain one thing and you lose something else. When you guys come down here, we're getting you off those cigarettes. We're going to get you on the e-cigarettes when you're down here. I'm telling I was you. Ju- you know what? I was just going to ask her today to send me all the information on your e-cigarette because I can't smoke anymore. I'm done. Good. You need oh. to. Yes, I, I just send me the information, like text it to and me. And then I turn into the Incredible Hulk. Isn't it like 12 bucks a pack up there or something? I mean, it's, it's think crazy. about all the money, man. You know, know what I, it is? I, I go visit my parents in Florida, and I have gone down there. My mother smokes, so I can go steal like a drag from her, right? So, and she's, me and my mother are mad cool. So, but my father does not know I smoke. So oh my I've goodness. been down what? there. Yeah, no way, no. He'd fucking have a fit. He would hit her with a golf club. He would be like, "You're gonna, you're gonna kill yourself? Are you fucking kidding me? I brought you into this world. I'll take you out." <laughs> <laughs> now they're over in Boca, right? So yeah, and I've gone like five days. Me and my dad, hey, and I don't smoke. Like I don't le- like. That's it. I'm on the compound, and oh. I do I do it for like five days, and I'm cool. Does he know? I mean, that- I'm not on the compound. We go out. I mean, I does go he know over. that your mother smokes? Oh yeah. How does that oh, yeah. go? Well, you know, he can't really tell her what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's my mother. Think about that. That's, yeah, that's a little different there, honey. She's like agent 69. <laughs> <laughs> agent 69. Wow. Oh, oh, okay. That was a good choice of numbers. Yeah, I don't think I want to put that in relation with your mom, sweetie. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I would have thrown mom one back in the day. I just said it for the number. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got uh, we got international heist coming, but to Raz Radio uh, again, it'll be YouTubed also, or yeah, YouTubed. No, well, you stream clips on on uh, yeah, it'll be on Ustream live, and it, like the last episode will replay, and you could probably check out like the top ten, and then in, uh, I have a YouTube page for the international heist. You'll be able to watch the clips there, and then I want to just really let them link through you. Okay. would be the best way to do it. I'll, I'll set just, you up a page on the website and everything. I'll I'll show you how yeah. to use that and, and all that stuff, and we'll get you, you know, where they'll have, you'll have a straight link straight from there. 
And, uh, it's time. It's time for you to really step up the game with the website. Um, you got to get off TF52 and you got to go Raz Radio Live. Make that the central hub, and TF52 will be this show. Right. But you got. I, I think that's what you got to do because you already own the domain name, right? Raz Radio Live. Yeah, we already have the domain name. Oh, Salty owns it. Yeah. Salty owns all the domain names. So we'll uh, we'll definitely get you a, a page set up on the main site and uh, just get it rocking, man. I mean, we'll help you all through it. It's gonna be. I'm excited. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm gonna have. I'm ready to have a ton of fun, man. And I'm gonna bring all you guys on the show and ask people to like get you know get involved or whatnot. And because it, it at first, I want to build a personality back to the show. It'll. It, it's not just an off the wall zany thing. We're not doing that. It's just. It's a. It's like a stress relief. Yep. You know. That's uh, what all this is. That's why I do it. That's why I started doing it. Was stress relief. Get this. You know, off my chest. And then we yeah. grew into different shows and. Um, I never expected to have, you know, before before the end of the summer here, we're going to probably have all of Saturday filled up. Uh, we got more shows coming on Sunday. We got you coming now. We got the girl, you know, the natural affair. Uh, it just it's continually multiplying. And I, I, I love it. You know, we're, I'm not even a year old yet. Raz Radio Live is not even a year old. I was old just going to say you're not even that old as a company. But yet. guess what? This is what happens when everyone takes care of the baby. You know what I'm saying? There's a, a, you have to <laughs> have see, a relationship. Am I a baby now? A team. No, no, no. Not you <laughs> I'm baby. Yeah, I know, the I'm concept messing. is the baby, right? And then everyone believes in it, and they know it to be true. So they just, you know, they each do something, which makes it okay for the baby. You dress the baby, you change the baby, you shower the baby, you feed the baby, <laughs> right? And it all happens randomly at different times. Portos text the baby. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> you, you, you have to, you have to do that. And Just then, don't ever fuck the baby. No. no. Don't, ever, <laughs> don't fall into the baby's balls. Don't fuck the baby. Or, you know, don't do any of that Kick shit. Kick the baby. Don't kick <laughs> the baby. Not the mama. There's none of that. Because hey. when that happens, you you know, when one cog is not working right, it falls apart. It's just teamwork, really. Yeah, it's yeah, it's basic teamwork. But at the same time, you believe in it. You know, it's like, it's not just I'm using you for this. It's a, you're part of a family. And that's what makes it dope. And that's what makes people want to come. Yep. Well, I and think our- also uh, the, uh, some of it has to be you know the content that's provided. I mean, just just this one show. We started off the first five minutes. Sean and I were arguing about the police, and mm-hmm. then talked. In, we went to you know forty five minutes of natural eating and and how everybody feels better, and and then the second hour we had you know an hour of libertarian philosophy. You know, the third hour we're talking about music. I mean, what other fucking radio station does that? That's why I wrote my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Doing it this way, we're going to actually bring back, we talked about this a few times, that old-time radio feel, but in the the future. We're in the future now. So we're going to have records being broken, conversations not being censored, um, real shit where you're like, wow, that shit was real, Uh, informative stuff. um, Stuff on everything from nature to fucking boobies. You're going to have it, and but it's going to be taken it's taken seriously as a as a conglomerate and that's what's really important and we're we're headed in a really awesome direction oh yeah by far i have to agree with that one and don't forget we got razfest coming up which is finally we all get to sit together in one room or one beach and and be together you know other than staring at multiple computer screens so i can see everybody you know <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be a blast you know i i just uh, i what, can't what what's the date again 27, 28. Uh, September, right? Yes. All right. Well, you can't come now? Well, 
<laughs> no, it's it's even better than that. I'll have money. <laughs> Yay! Oh, he's gonna be born. We're gonna meet a different a different Dave. He's gonna have a gold chain on like a rapper. Oh no, you're not. I'll have like six no, gold chains. He'll be like, "What up, homie?" <laughs> no, I'm gangster. Dave, I like, want to put you on a chain? dating site. Uh, not ready for that yet, but uh, not ready. <laughs> well, I'm Wait, sorry, I was gonna was do it when we were in Florida. You're a tech guy. You could do it like in two seconds. Yeah, yeah and, and you'll have money. <laughs> I'll have money, right? Which I, 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 I don't want to see. Get this into is it, a little I, thing. Not that you need a lot of money, but if you want to like get laid, you're gonna have to buy a couple drinks and maybe a I, I dinner know. or two. I, you know, that's I just know. how it goes. I, you don't want him to meet one of those girls. I, no, I'm gonna. Why? I'm Michelle, gonna scan wants, all of his women. Wants, I didn't say he was gonna do this dating Michelle. alone. I'm gonna scan <laughs> his women. Holy and I'm shit. gonna. I'm not 14. <laughs> hold what on. the fuck I'm did you guys start here? <laughs> I, I know how to date. I'm not 14 years old. This is not my first go round. Yeah, he's got two ex-wives, so you know. I'm sorry. No, one ex. -wife. Well, I don't know. You were gonna. You know, you're with the that woman who parks right next to you. That doesn't show me that you got these smarts. I'm just making sure. <laughs> all right, the dates again. I'm sorry. 27, 28. Yes. All right. What are you trying to figure out over there? I'm just putting it on my calendar now. Oh, oh yeah, that needs to be stamped. Oh. That calendar, like, that oh hell yeah, better be there, or Frank will waste his time finding him. <laughs> we'll dig you up. No, I'll be like, yo, oh. you're coming with me. We're actually, I think, Frank, we're gonna bring him home with us Thursday night after we do uh, DC. That's awesome. So I think yeah, he's gonna ride home and he's gonna roll ben. back with Ben. I think well, I gotta make sure that's all worked out properly, but that way he doesn't have to drive. That's oh, my awesome. <laughs> My truck will be fixed. I'll have air conditioning by then, uh, and I'll be able to drive people around because I don't have a fucking job. <laughs> I have Yo, when you drive freedom. around, you better pimp high-click music. Oh, but yeah, we got to put a system in your truck now, Dave. Yeah, yeah and you got to no, no, no. I know him. <laughs> my boy. <laughs> Too funny. Um, all right, guys, uh, it's uh, twelve fifteen almost, or twelve oh five. You, we can go for a little longer if you feel up to it, or we can wrap yeah, it up. Let's take a break, and I'm going to go smoke, and we'll come back, and we'll have a party. Oh, you're just going to throw a break on me all of a sudden here? Hold then on. we're going to have four parts to the show. Hold on. I could talk for a minute. Oh, i, I got to set a break up. I could just... Uh, we could end the show now. I could smoke and watch TV. No matter to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good go with... sit in front of the box, the box that's programming your mind. <laughs> or you're going to hang out with the minds that are going to make your mind more complete. Do you think a box programs my mind? Aside from the Probably fact that not. I actually learned a lot of shit on that thing, but uh, I know what it is. I, I think know, as long as you're aware of it, it doesn't work on you. One of the things, I think it was my last mushroom trip. Um, I was sitting there, and I had the TV on for a little bit. And, you know, I was really very... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Empathetic, right? So I'm, you know, I'm feeling all kind of good and stuff. And I, everything that's on TV, right, was just negative, 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 violence, bad things, you know, drama, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is like, and, and I, this is the thing that was going through my head. is like this TV that I have in my bedroom, that's eh, a 26-inch tube-type TV, right? And it's, uh, I, like, I just, like, I was letting poison into my house, through this fucking box, like a, I, I had pictured it like a hole in the wall, and just this bad shit was coming into my room through this box. And yep. I was thinking to myself, no wonder why people really like like big giant TVs because when you have a sixty inch TV, now you have a bigger hole for all this shit to come in. At you. <laughs> so there is, 
there is going to be a point in my life, and probably in the next few years, I probably will get rid of my TVs. Or at least I, cut, the, cut the cord uh, and not Are we going to have electric in Honduras? You, got, you have to know oh, that dang. everyone has these gigantic TVs, and they're so affordable, and they're so awesome. You, everyone you has talk, one, you but talk. you we can't. Have one, we have, no, you have no, to see but, what our bedroom looks like. But you can't like. afford to buy the baby fucking breast milk, and you're fucking buying a TV because you could fucking do it. Well, hold yeah. on, hold on. Or you could put down 20 bucks and get a 90-inch for your wall, and you go to somebody's house in the projects, and it'll be in there. It's done on purpose, So, because he's right. When I was on Mushrooms, I turned the fucking TV on, and I flipped through every channel, and every time I felt this dramatic empathy of, like, this is disgusting, ill, ill, no, no. Like, it it was trying to affect me mm-hmm. in some weird way. Yeah, like, that's all TV is anymore. It's, it's just nasty. And I just, I wound up shutting, dude, I threw it down and yeah. I turned on my iPad and I watched this visual thing with some fucking Metallica song and uh, I just wigged out and I, I felt like it broke the spell. Nice. And well, here's what, here's like, what we're going to do, oh. Frank, Dave, Lexi, Michelle. We're going to take a break. We'll do like another half hour when we come back from the break. Uh, i got some people that want to call in, so we'll take some calls uh, and uh, we'll do about, say, another half hour or so after that. What do you guys think? I think uh, I'm a- we don't need you know guidelines like that. Let's just let it flow, man. Okay. Well, I'm getting tired too, so I just want to let everybody know what I'm thinking here. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Let's take right. a break. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring some music up here, and uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes, guys. All right. I'm not just like God. I told him I was trapped in here. 
Wall Street rally since the credit crunch happened yesterday. Thousands of workers and trade union leaders marched in anger over lost jobs, ruined lives, and they're demanding answers from the source of who they believe is responsible. But anyway, for today, I got uh, William coming on, uh, otherwise known as Payday Monsanto. He's a rapper. Little cocksuckers on the hillside, living large off all your income taxes. Little cocksuckers on the hillside, call them bloodsuckers just the same. There's a red one, says the green one, and the blue one is the yellow one. And they're all living off your income taxes, and they all vote just the same. And the bloodsuckers on the hillside all went to University where their minds were put in boxes and they came out all the same. There's left ones, there's right ones, there's black ones and there's white ones, but they're all just them Republicans and they're all stuck in the game. And the people wanna occupy all Wall Street with their picket signs, but they don't understand that's just the puppet on a string. You could burn down every financial district in every town, but till you kill the puppet master, it will not do a fucking thing. And if I sat in your White House, I'd bring our troops back to shore to defend our little border, and the populace would start to sing. On my first day, I created at least 300,000 well-paying jobs for folks to construct gallows for which the fool's on the hill to swing. A rapper who doesn't pull any punches tells it like it is. Anybody who's familiar with him, you've ever heard his work. A rapper who specializes in uh, exposing crime and corruption of our all right, the extended version of the first 52 on Raz Radio Live begins now. You guys want to call in 941-421-0401? You want to ask Frank some questions? You want to rant about something? You want to just have a little fun? That's what we're here for. Well, I'm a new kid. I'm just coming up. A lot of rappers think that I can't tear it up. Well, I'm a show And it's your happy song. That is a happy song. You there, Dave? I am here. You guys there over there? 
Yeah. All right, bring this down. All righty. So here we go. I'm so excited we have a mic. Yeah, it sounds so much better, too, I'll tell you. Although, you, you got a mirror behind you, Frank. So when you go off to the side, I can see what you're doing still. <laughs> Thanks for that heads up. Yeah. He's back there. I'm like, hey, if they think Yeah, we're going to have to find a way to position this show. A little, yeah, don't be walking around naked right now, Michelle. In the living room. Oh, God, no. No, she I never like naked in front one. of on air. Yeah. I'm, I'm Except just for red. that one time. She's like, always, could you get that at the yeah, door? Yeah, but I had to. I'm not wearing anything. Oh, go figure. You didn't have to yell to across the house, too. One day we opened the door and the, the delivery guy looked in and he was like, hey. And I'm like, nah, don't, don't even go there. You're not coming All in. Right. Give me the fucking pizza. <laughs> the fuck out now every time he comes, he's like, what up, yo? I'm like, yeah, what up, man? Get out. <laughs> one time I found him sitting down on my dining room table. I'm like, why is the pizza dude sitting down? He's like, oh, we were talking. I'm like, oh, really? Yeah, that's what? a different guy. He came in. He was like, oh, you're the music guy, right? Hey, let me tell you what I'm doing. I was like, oh, great. And he just came in and sat down with the pizza. And I was like, okay. Can I eat my yeah. dinner now, please? No, we actually had when we used to order from Super Day. Oh, yeah. They they would knock on the door and we'd open it and they would just walk in that because they all knew us. We had ordered from them for years, but they would just walk into our living room and like put everything down and be like, how's it going? Talk to the kid Pet for the a couple cats. minutes. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> we, have a, we have an old pizza guy that uh, my grandfather, will, well, he'll get pizza from once in a while. He feels nostalgic. And the guy comes to the house, the actual dude that owns the pizzeria. And he's like, hey, he comes in like Santa Claus. But then he does something so douchey. <laughs> He, we naturally, we hit him off with a tip. He gets tipped great. Everyone's like, ah, shit, it's this motherfucker. And then he gets you up. He's like, oh, listen, I'm, um, I have these uh, raffles for the children's whatever, whatever, baseball fund for cancer. And he's like, you know, they're only five bucks a piece. You know, I would love it if you guys could just do it. And like, you're in the family setting. Everyone's, I'm stoned. My brother's stoned. We're sitting there. The fucking kids running around. There's all this shit. So you feel like a complete douche if you don't. Right. Right. So then one time I was like, nah, I don't want to be part of that shit. And I'll tell you why. Because they don't see any of that money and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, hold on, partner. And I was like, no, you hold that shit. And don't play that shit with me. We, had, we, were, sitting in a, we were sitting in a restaurant a couple of weeks ago or a couple months ago. And the, the, the high school kids were, the football guys were selling those yeah. cards with the discounts on them. Yep. And they were, going, they were going table to table trying to sell them. So they came over to our table and they're like, you know, we got this blah. They get the whole spiel. I said, let me see the card. I looked at it and it was all GMO foods, you know, McDonald's, yeah. all this bullshit. I said, dude, listen. I said, keep your card. Here's ten dollars for you to put towards your shit. I don't want the card though. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. gave ten bucks and said, Hey, here you go. <laughs> I just feel weird. I feel like it's a homeless dude begging for money, you know, and it, down here, I don't know how it is over there, but we have the stoplights, they're just sitting there. And they'll come right up to the car and be like, "Yo, brother," and it just—it's like a oh. constant thing. Uh, when you get to my town, dude, you're gonna be—you're gonna they think about that comment. Be like, "Oh my god!" Water. Yeah, they try uh, to sell you water. What the hell? No, we don't get that shit around. <laughs> right, not where I'm at. I mean, if you go well, to Port the Charlotte, Bronx, the next town. Yeah, but, not up here. But in the Bronx, where I work, it's incredibly insane. Uh, in the mornings, they have there's in the South Bronx, there's hookers that come up to your car. You'll be like, wow. yo, and you'll be like, hey. They get mad at me because I talk to them. <laughs> like, I was with my boss, and I'm like, hey, say good morning to my boss, head of the U.S., uh, you know, right over here. And he's like, they're like, hey, baby. And they run over, and he's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, see you later. <laughs> I'm going to get off. I got mine at awesome. home. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Porto, how are you feeling? Fabulous. What's, I'm a little what, high. What did you smoke um, tonight, allegedly? 
What you smoking, fool? That's another segment. I just... <laughs> I don't know what they call it, what the name of it is. It didn't really matter to me. It took me a long time to find a hookup down here. Yeah, and you and, got, uh, you know, just so you know, this this is the only place that, that isn't, just, just right. for the record. You're dry, right? I've been dry for two weeks now. It's killing me. That's horrible. Killing me. Such oh, horrible it, news tonight. I don't, I don't remember the last time there was a dry spot, but then here, you, you're connected to so many people that somebody's always got something. You'll even be able to just walk into someone's house and be like, yo, you got, you got weed allegedly, and they'll be smoking an alleged blunt. And I can't like, wait oh. for this shit to be legal so we can just stop with the allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> it really, you know. I know. I mean, I, I get why, why, but, you know. Here's a headline that I didn't get to read tonight. Uh-oh, what? In Utah, it's your marijuana prescription or your concealed gun. Oh, fuck that noise. Right. No, I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get. I mean, what are you gonna do though? If you're like an old timer that has it, and then you have to give up your gun to get your cancer medication or some shit. Yeah, that's like my uncle. You know, that he he lives in Miami area, and uh, he's the one that's that's dying right now from cancer. And I keep telling him, you know, go get him some marijuana, juice it up for him. He doesn't need to smoke it; just juice it, because that's really the best way for for that kind of treatment. And nobody that's- wants to listen to me. You know, there's a um, I'm sorry. There's a GMO shoutdown happening at. I have the paper in, over there. Yeah. Happening on a Tuesday up here in the Bronx, and they do it at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday, so they know nobody could go, and it's all about the labeling of GMOs. And I'm, I'm kind of really desperately thinking about just going over there and unleashing a piece of my mind, but I can't go. Um, uh, I have issues taking off my job. I'm, I'm one of three guys there right now. There should be like fucking 12. Well, and uh, they it, just to get a piece off of work has been killing me. But I'm so like it's driving me nuts. I'm the type of guy though that'll be like, "Yo, I'll be right back." Go the, over the there and get get arrested, and then be like, "Yo, I'm over here now. <laughs> <laughs> Come get me." If you do go, man, get it on video. Bring a second person that'll just videotape everything. Yeah, because I'm not I'm not ashamed of that, man. I went at it with the Monsanto guys in my office one day, and they were like, "Whoa!" But now everybody is like anti-Monsanto in my office. They all know. They're like, oh, yeah, I, heard, I know all about that. But then there's a bunch of old-timers that just continue to eat right out of the box. And I tell them all the time, you, you guys have, like, cancer tumors and this and that, and shit happens and balls cut off. you got to relax with this. You're eating you're healthy, right, constantly. So why is this happening? And they're like, I don't know. It's just the way it goes. And I'm like, y- y'all paid to notice this shit, but you're all the dumbest motherfuckers I've ever met. <laughs> Well, and that's why we can't get anywhere with it, because the people that are there to regulate and pay attention aren't doing either one. They're not paying attention, and they're not regulating, you know? And the, Yeah, well, now they're trying to sneak it through up here, and uh, we need labeling on this shit, man. And I'll... Listen, I... Thank God this isn't like the 1800s, because I would choke a bitch. <laughs> I, I would just go, really, listen, we don't fucking want your kind here, all right? And you get can't out. come back. Get out. Exactly. You know, and I'd you be know, like, this, con- Constable, he's poisoning you. Get him out. What? <laughs> Sorry, I was reading a tweet. Uh, one of the guys said, yeah, I can't imagine that many stoplight parrot panhandlers in Rotunda. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you, when you hit the South Bronx, they, like, hide under, the, like, the overpass. Like, there's, like, areas where you could kind of just... If you were walking over there, you're fucking meat because you can't cross on one side because the cars are just constantly coming or the other. And there's a, there's a giant um, railway right above your head. So they just pop out 
first thing in the morning. It's like four o'clock in the fucking morning, dude. At, you're at the light, and then a hooker will walk by, and she'll be like, "Yo," she'll walk up the cars, and then you'll say no, and then she'll be like, "Oh, can you give me some change?" I'll be like, "Oh, so you're a dirty hooker," right? <laughs> and, they, and I just go on. I just argue with them, and I kind of go. But you'll see dudes run up over there and like try to um, take the chick, like, and be their pimp, and it's fucking crazy, man. Uh, I don't miss Yo, that at all, Frank. You were at Hunts Point, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, the, the, I've been to Hunts Point a couple of times. And uh, when I used to drive truck to the city, you know, that part uh, was pretty colorful. You know, I definitely saw a lot of prostitutes in, hanging out in that area. Dude, you it's know, insane. Really, yeah, it's fucking crazy. I went, I came out of a place the other day. And uh, the, the most fun about my job, I was saying the other day, is the way I get to look. I look like a G.I. Joe character, and I have a machete sticking out of my bag, just like I was in the Outback. So people don't fuck with me on the streets. They're like, <laughs> oh, shit, look at this guy. Like, one guy was like, what are you here to do? Like, I thought you were arresting everyone in the room. And I'm like, shut up, man. I just got to look at your, your, your produce. Right? And uh, <laughs> I, I came out of this, this, like, it was like a Cubano place, man. Nobody spoke English, and there were three big, fat, giant, black hookers, and I didn't know they were hookers, so I just walked up, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? Good morning. They're like, hey, and now I'm surrounded. (laughs) 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 That's all you needed to say. I didn't know. I didn't know, because people buy produce there, and you just can't. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. The sun's fucking shining. It's like you drop a crumb, and all the birds come. Yeah, and they're not like when you flip the lights on, they all scatter. They just hang out still, and they're like, yo, what up, baby? But but 8 o'clock in the morning... Yeah, man, it's insane. All day. Crazy. Well, well they have. They need another crack hit. Yeah, I was gonna say there's there's there's, oh. there's cokeheads that are you know going all night that still are horny, you know. Yeah. And I I heard one guy go, okay, you could go get it, and the chick was like from a crackhead like that was down like oh my god what a horrible day to okay baby how much you want getting on the phone woo like, oh shit it, that shit is real right there. It's crazy, man. It really is. Wow. It was 105 last week. A bunch of days, like it was crazy over there, and they're just out in the street. Everyone, everyone's out in the street. I watched a hooker wash herself in a fucking hydrant on the Johnny Pump, just like washing her box at like I was like five thirty in the morning, right in the middle of the fucking street. Ugh. And I went only <laughs> only in Hunt's fucking point will you see this. Yeah. Man. Well, see, the truck drivers will tell you. We got a lot of truck drivers that listen to us. They'll tell you the stories of the lot lizards. You know, the, the prostitutes yeah. that hang out truck stops. And um, I forget who was telling the story once on Radio I.O. I think it was Shannon's show. And somebody called in and was telling the story about a, this lot lizard would go and get, just take a bottle of Pepsi and shove it up there just to rinse it out. Or the, ginger ale or Sprite or whatever. And oh. just oh. Yeah, I mean. God, that's fucking gross. <laughs> hey, I'm Come not the on. one doing it. Oh. Listen, that's <laughs> nasty, but people. that's what they, they do, that shit, man. You gotta I watched, flush it out somehow. I watched a pimp beat a hooker once. And then he was like, yo, he just like flexed his collar after he was done. He was like, you got to know how to treat these bitches. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) That was fucking, that was was literally crazy right there. Uh, You know, that chick was running her mouth like a man. And then he stepped up and she was like, oh, baby, you know, I love you. I was like, oh, shit, this is going down. It's about I, get beat. I don't Let's get. I don't get involved anymore, man. I'm I like too old that, for that Frank shit. looks scary because you know me. I did not grow up in the Bronx, and all of that is crazy. And I'm like, yeah, every day hookers, crazy people. It's every day. <laughs> Who stole? You know, just things. Yeah, the first day of the first two weeks of my job, it was like a, the the Thursday on the second week. It's like it the was five o'clock in the morning. I walked outside, and there were two Korean guys on the platform. They were counting 
a ridiculous amount of cash. I mean, right there out in the open, blah, blah, blah. There's like a thousand people walking around. And some black dude punched him, sucker punched him. Another one took the money, and one guy threw him in the truck and closed the door, and they both jumped off the platform and ran in different directions right in front of me. And I went, are you fucking serious? And then... I, I was like, is anyone get the people were still walking around, they didn't know what happened. I walked out of the like the entryway coming down from the stairs and I was with another guy and uh he was like just hang out here for a minute. I'm like, dude, they threw that guy inside the truck. It was some guy's produce truck and they just closed it and jumped down okay. and ran away. And there was no, at that time, that was like eleven years ago, there was the security wasn't like it is. There was only three guys with flashlights walking around in an open area. Punch point the market wasn't um it wasn't closed off. Now it looks like you, if you're inside, it looks like a prison from, from the inside. From the, the place, outside, it looks nice. Is that the same place? Do you ever see the movie Splash? And We watched it yesterday. That's why it's in the top of my head. That was a, like a big produce market that area. That was the South Street Seaport when it was like that. Oh, okay. That's what Splash. Yeah. And, um, but they moved that's the fish market. That's actually very, very nice. All, all of the, the produce and fish and like all the major shipments come in in the section that, I, that I'm in in Hunts Point. And there's like the giant Budweiser distributor. It's very industrial. And um, it gets – it's like the Wild West. I swear to God, it's cleaned up a lot. But it's really still crazy. Like crazy to the point where you could have breakfast, have talked to a crackhead, a hooker. You could have been around dudes smoking blunts like, yo, you want some of this, yo? Dudes have doing shots. Meanwhile, you're on platforms where you're working with giant fucking pallets and just thousands of dollars a fucking minute coming through there. And you're like, wow, this is the most unsanitary, craziest, mixed. Um, it's the most filthiest, but the busiest makes the most money area that you could imagine. Every know. restaurant, everybody, guys, you have to get it from there. What was it, with the music playing the other day? <laughs> oh, that, that, listen, I went into a place. It's I'm like, looking at these guys' cherries, right? <laughs> looking, and then somebody flipped that on, and you see it behind me, right? And, I'm, and I was at my computer, and I was on the pallet and looking at stuff, and then I was waiting for the guy to come, and I, I just said, I was getting angry, and then he just blasted that right at my head. <laughs> and I, I was I was staring at him because you see me I'm kind of looking on and off and there's a bunch of Mexicans just hanging out and they're looking at me and I just put my bag up my bag has the machete in it right away everybody starts turning their head they don't know who the fuck I am and then I press camera on and I'm like yo you guys gonna fucking somebody shut this fucking shit off right now like I flipped the fuck out and they were like we are sorry and then the guy's like ah just leave it alone come inside and I'm like didn't you just did that before Instead yeah what of, was up with taping that I was so angry. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. I said, was. I have to do this. But I, if he's that mad, I can't see that he would stop to do that. No, I was already playing. Because <laughs> I've my, seen him I was mad. on Facebook, and then I was getting angry because it was uh, on already for a minute before I fucking flipped it on. I was getting angry. The guy was staring at me with the remote like, doof. I'm like, oh, you're intimidating? All right, here we go. I'm and the stare down happens. I hate when that happens because I don't, I don't really blink. And I'll, I'll just stare at you, like, because I know you're a dirty fucking Mexican from the other side. It'll stab me and chop my head off for fucking oh some ransacking okay. motherfucking thing. I know all about it, motherfucker. You're the one bringing down the world. That's right, buddy. And then I won't say that. That's what I'm thinking, just to get psyched up, because these dudes are gangsters. You don't know who the fuck they are. And then they just back away. They're like, "Oh, so sorry." And I'm like, "You don't look like me." At that, there's ten of them. You know, you're hanging out, and this is how it goes down. I walked out of a barbershop in Miami, and I had my my bandana on under my hat, and I got. These two Mexican guys were like, yo, those are all colors, bro. I'm like, yo, it's black. And it's oh my under goodness. my hat. No and the more dude, fight the stories. The dude was like, 
take that shit off or we're going to fuck you up. So I'm like, oh, there's only you guys? I said, you're in a lot of trouble now, right? And then 10 dudes came out of the barbershop and they all had knives. And I went, here's the bandana, bye. I, I, was, I went to go see fucking Prince. So I was like, I don't need it. I'll go get one from him. And that's another thing, you know, I don't know. It's the, the, the way they think they own these colors and... Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Bro. Yeah. Down here too. If I when I wear red to work, they I get yelled at on the platforms. Everybody there's a that's a drug addict. Not- <clears throat> Hold on, a drug addict or a money maker, like a guy who's not any of that. He's like the the white collar kind of guy. There's everyone has been to prison, everyone, and everyone's almost on the three strike thing going on, and they're all wheeling and dealing. Every single fucking person in there is wheeling and dealing. There's thousands of people in there. It's a self contained unit. And I worked throughout the whole thing all day, and then outside of that, it actually in the in the South Bronx, I went I went to do do uh, look at some stuff. I jumped into the back of a truck in the middle of the street, and then I hear "Yo, motherfucker!" So I'm like, "Ooh, I wonder who he's yelling at." And I go outside, and the dude throws a gallon jug of fucking piss off the fucking third floor of the balcony, and he's like, "You motherfucker, I'm talking to you." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" And I went back in the truck. And I was like, somebody come get me? I would have to have a gun if I worked around there. I'm sorry. I definitely would have Couldn't. to be carrying. I know you can't. That's a problem. Castles are being hashtagged. Awesome. Listen, I went Wait, to Wait, a- I want to say one thing really quick. Better do it quick because you never know when he's going to start up again. <laughs> I'm just getting used to it because I, I got to get ready for my show. I just want to say thank you to Jen for my necklace. Uh, she got both me and Lexi a necklace for our, our, our new show that we started a natural affair on Monday nights, and um, that was really sweet of you. I love it. Thank you. Nice. We do. It's super duper cute. I told her I've been like changing out the charms on all these different chains so I can wear it every day. I wore it yeah. today. Awesome. I can only wear it when Frank's home because I can't get it on myself. Yeah, because I, I just can't. That I'm just. Slow. That's her bling. It's just slow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the natural affairs got his own bling. That's the next yep. step. Yeah, that's our next step after this Raz Fest. I'm going to really focus on trying to get um, some kind of not. I don't want to use Cafe Press because it's too expensive, but some kind of shirts and, and merchandise uh, with the shows with the station. Uh, we got to get that rolling soon. Um, find some Kevin with the with his uh, printer breaking down. We can't get the stickers, so I, I'm going to have to get some bumper stickers made up. I mean, it's just. We got to get hey, this people donate a little bit, and then it'll the startup fee that it takes to do all these amazing things for everyone. Once it's kicked in, everyone who's part of the family is really part of the family. You're invested in five bucks, ten bucks. What the fuck is that, right? But what that is, it's going to generate the first round of awesomeness, and then after that, it generates on its own. And fans, friends, you need to remember that you have to support your local artist. I mean, fuck if you like the song, it's what is it, a sixty-nine cents to a dollar fifteen? Just buy the 99. fucking song. Support the radio stations that are doing this we're not only doing this for us we're doing it for you i have fans i have i have people that that get mad at me if i take too long to do things and they're like you're that much a part of my life and i'm like okay i get it so we're we're vested in this and we don't make money off this yeah no not at all this we do this for a fan base and for the people you know that you know that care yeah, and you know, I never, I never really talk about it often, but yeah, there's a donation page on the website if you don't want to donate, but you buy through Amazon, go to the website, link through there, we get a little bit from that, you know, I mean. Yeah, if you buy, if you're going to buy the music anyway, then why not go through Sean Station? Listen, I was arguing with Jordan Page one day, and I said to him, I'm a firm supporter of you, and just because of what it is you do. 
And then he's like, oh, man, thanks. I, I know that, you know, that's a lot from you or whatever. And he bounced. And then I went to his donate thing. And I donate. If you donate a certain amount, he'll, like, shout you out. So to prove my point, I donated to him for real. And it made him have to shout me out on purpose, which was kind of cool. It was, it was like an inside thing. And I was like, yeah, Jordan, I want you to pile it on. He was like, oh, king of MCs. Oh, awesome rapper from the Bronx. I was like, oh, keep going, keep going. <laughs> you know? So it was a lot of fun with that. But that's what it's all about. If you believe in it, if you like it, if you want it, if you want it done, if you want to see it happen, you, I mean, you know, our friends or fans that like they have a direct connect to us now. This is the fucking future, people. Yep. Like we're ready to rock and roll. We can do it, and it doesn't take a lot. You know, we all generate five here, five there. I checked my records today. I'm fucking proud of myself. Uh, a music group over 17 years. Every dime I put in has been paid back, and is in the green right now on a small amount. Right. But it just goes to sh- it had to pay all that back before it got to oh look. Well, it's there's a lot that goes out to do any of this. I mean, it's not like this Thousands. is super expensive the the, the website or, or the the radio station, but you know it's it's, it's another time. expense it's added on top yeah. of regular living. You know, so yeah, that's yeah. a big help. And we don't. That's one of the my downsides is I don't really pump that we have the donation site that we do this that we do that. But so Fuck yeah, it, I'll do it. All for right, you, I'll bro. start doing it. She, for she'll you. do it for you. She's unforgiving. Listen, she'll I was like, the, pro- I'm the. He has turned <laughs> me into the promotion girl a long time ago. So I'm back. I was doing it tonight. Here we go. I even did it for you guys. Excellent. Yeah. Keep <laughs> going. Absolutely. Yeah, she's nuts. When she starts, man, she'll go. And you remember, remember, I was doing. We were having so much fun with the intro before. We were both playing. Oh shit! What happened? No, I'm just, I added a, somebody to the call, so oh, you right. might have lost that. It skipped there. Yeah, yeah, so we, we were making it, and then she's like, listen, you have no idea what timing is. She I go, you me. have no idea of timing, Frank. You just keep going. You keep going beyond and it. And I was like, I go, wow, you know what? I can do it better than you. I do. You and know, he was I like, really? <laughs> and I'm like, because I can't Cause you, give it away. It, no, so you do anyway. it a thousand times because it's what you Yeah, do. you can't you give away the song or whatever it was there. All right, let's see so who we got I here. Did it, I did it good. Let's see who we got here. Unknown caller. Yellow. Yellow. Who we got there? Yo, 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 yo. Who What's is going this? on, guys? It's SJ. Who is it? It's SJ from KB. Oh, hey, how you doing, man? Not too bad. What's happening with you guys tonight? Not much. Just doing a radio show. Yeah, so I hear. <laughs> this um, is uh, King, uh, Bubba, King Bubba Forums here. Yeah, kingbubba.com. That's, that's us. Oh, sweet. Um, I, I got one comment. Um, you guys were talking about... Um, <clears throat> Uh, beef earlier and grass-fed beef. Right. Um, you guys know it takes a lot longer to feed those to a weight where you can actually, they yield enough to kill, right? And you know that the longer that the cattle age, the less tender and tasty the beef is, right? But it's healthier still for you, though. And if I have to pay an extra fucking $2, I'll do it. So, yeah, but, so you're saying, but, so wait a minute, hang you're, on. You're, you're saying, hold you on, can, hold on, you're, King Bisco, Bubba, uh, you're saying that you should artificially speed up the growth process for better taste? No, I'm, I'm not saying anything about artificial, I'm saying grass-fed. Um, the yield you get from grass-feeding beef, I'm in the beef industry, so I know all about this shit. Um, grass-feeding them takes way longer, it takes like... Two years to get them to a weight where you know you can kill them. Normally, it doesn't take that long. That age uh, adds risk to the beef carrying more diseases and stuff right, as but, well. But 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 
cows eating grass is is the way they've been feeding themselves for thousands of years. What I'm saying is you're artificially inflating or, or speeding up their their process their growth process by feeding them something different. So what's or, it? What's not steroids in them, and then they're whatever like they happen to be monster yeah. athlete. But it passes to you. But there's a difference between giving them implants, which are steroids, which there are two different kinds. There's natural steroids, and then there's the really bad kind, which in most cases they're almost all outlawed now. I don't think you can put those in cattle anymore, at least not in Canada. Not sure about the USA. But up here we've banned those kind of hormones. Which, yeah, you guys are good at that too. If you just take corn and say it's your natural... No chemical, not modified corn. If you take that and mix it with some weed or whatever, and you make a more condensed feed, uh, you can fatten the animal a lot faster, and it's tastier and just as good for you. There's no difference in the health. And trust me, the taste is way, the beef is way tastier. Where, where in Canada are you? Uh, in Ontario. Ontario area. Where's uh, Burns at, Frank? He is in um, Lindsay, Ontario. Oh, so he's okay, right. Okay, right, right, right. There's there's a big cattle market down in Lindsay. Actually, when they took me to the... They had a fair there, and uh, Music Before Money had opened, and they took me over to the fair, and they're like, okay, Frank, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's a fair. We're going to have fun. And they're like, oh, they're going to bring us up and, and like talk to us. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And they made me take pictures with the prize pig, the prize cattle, um, these guys in red jackets with horses that were amazing looking. And they they were like, what were those, the Mounties? Mounties? Yeah, yeah, man. There was a bunch of them, and they were, they were hanging out with me. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. I didn't know I was going to be with, with the prize pig and the prize cow and the, the prize bull. It was one, crazy. What was their name? Oh no, I didn't. I don't remember any of the names. I have pictures of me with stuff, and then like when I'm the public's taking the picture, I'm like smiling, like hey, and for the for the newspaper, and then I have pictures of myself turning away, like look, I'm with the prize chicken, <laughs> right? And it's just mad funny, but at the, at the same time, I, it was it was a lot of fun. It was just a different experience. I went I went uh, I went on the dog sleds. I was going to say it wrong. I went on dog sleds for one of the videos. We went north like two and a half hours, just like a like a wolf conservatory, and we fucking had like the dog sleds out, and people were. It, it was crazy. Like, yeah, and I go, this is the craziest thing I've ever been part What's up, of, guys. Wait a minute. You were in Lindsay, and you there were dog sleds in Lindsay. No, we went two hours yeah, two north. Hours, two north. hours north of there to one two of the. Two hours cons- north of Lindsay is not that rural. No, it was in the middle of nowhere. We were filming a music video, and uh, there was a frozen lake, and there was, like, these women bikers that rode the snowmobiles on the lake. And that right near there, there was um, an area where you, it was just, they were like... We'll get the name for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember the name. Burns I'm, will know it. I'm trying to think if it was Hall, Halliburton something no. or how. Okay. I don't know. I wasn't there. Okay, it was, like, up, it was around there. And um, okay. we filmed the video, and they were, like, they were telling me, listen, you can't... They put me in a, a like a caged in area with all the dogs, and they were like, "Listen, let them smell you." And I'm like, "Yeah, no problem. It's no big deal." I stepped into that cage, and all of them looked at me weird, and then just rushed onto me and was like in my nutsack. And I'm like, "Oh my god!" They're like, "Frank, don't wig out. You gotta let it go." And then they all became my friends after like ten minutes. I pet like the top dog, and then after that, we all had to do that shit. And they took us out for the video shoot. 
It was awesome. Nice. Honestly, it was. It was a good video. Who, who were you shooting a video for? Uh, Mr. Burns is up there, and he had a, a solo track that he was doing. And uh, Mr. Burns? Okay, yeah, Mr. Uh, he's one yo, of the, he's a, a rapper out of um, out of originally Toronto, and now he's oh, in uh, okay. Lindsay, Ontario, and he opened music before Money record label out there. And he's in High Click. And he's in High Click. Yeah, we had a storefront, and then he moved it to now his property. Oh, okay, right on. So we got another okay. caller on the line here. So let me uh, pull him up. I appreciate the call, bro. Cool. Hey, what's Take up, guys? guys? You too, brother. Who we got there? It's Uncle Willie from the formerly from the Bronx. What's up, fellas? Oh my God! Oh my it's God! Uncle Willie. It's this Uncle is Willie. International Heist Willie. This is yeah. This what's is, going on, guys? Love he, you. He's show, one man. of our fans. Listen, you have to. Yeah, I, I love the Raz too, man. A very comfy show. You know, every time you're on, I'm awake. I fucking put it on. I like it. Well, thanks, man. Really I, appreciate person. That. I don't know if you broadcast on antenna. <sighs> no, unfortunately, it's all internet based. Willie, uh, all right, cool. Well, then Willie. double fuck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Willie channels. Um, yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys, you talking about the Mexicans, man. I used to work at Playland. One of my first jobs was the pony ride. And that shit was fucking chaos, man. Now, if you don't know about Playland, Playland is like this, like, uh, uh, amusement park that was privately owned at like the time of Nathan's hot dogs and shit you know like ride on a roller coaster for a penny you know shovel like ride shovel ride five cents <laughs> you know oh you want to get on a real bull no problem you know like just a total like danger pit and then you know the city uh, well Westchester took it over and still they managed to have like one death a year you know like somebody goes <laughs> into the fucking night scrambler which is basically a scrambler with a tent over it so it's dark so now you're walking in the dark and you get hit by the scrambler at like 70 miles an hour <laughs> you know this, this, this shit you could you, you know Frankie like Titus in the poster. paper the wait, 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 my boy Mike Atinas, my boy Mike Atinas hacked a loogie at somebody in the ye old mill, and all the brothers jumped him. Yeah, man. And they were like, you would have spit on us. They took him out of the boat. It's a haunted boat ride. They took him out. He was like nine years old. And they literally beat him to like two inches of his life. Oh they actually and had then they the, removed the him, brought him to the gift shop, and they were like, "You want a Playland bumper sticker? You want a, <laughs> Listen, you want a T-shirt? They, it's like get him an ambulance. What the fuck?" <laughs> Yo, they have the tunnel of love there, and they they busted the worker that was jerking off in the dark tunnel, and then like the girls would come by with their boyfriend and scream, "Ah, there's a guy jerking off in the tunnel!" It's like it was mad you know, funny. I'm I like, how did they get away with that this. shit? I always wondered why the safety bar was sticky. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So anyway, what I, wanted, what, what I wanted to say to you guys was when you were talking about the Mexicans, bro, I worked at the pony ride, and that shit was, like I said, chaos. You know, you'd have, like, the Puerto Rican family, no offense to any Ricans out there, but, you know, they are the best for an amusement park because they've got, like, 19 kids, and they buy everything for their kids. So it's like you all want a pony ride, you all want a picture, and you all want ice cream. And this guy is like tapped out for 300 bucks in like fucking like seven minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, all right. It so, fast. anyway, I'm at this pony ride and they hired some Mexicans to take care of the stables. Nestor and Sanchez was their alleged names. So it was like 92, and now I'm reading like 98. He lived at the stables. They gave him a house. They paid his bills. They gave him a salary, mailed money home to Western Union or whatever. He arranged to have this lady robbed 
but not be hurt. She got some other thugs because they all associate with each other. And they basically went into this house and had a bloodbath, bro. They took this 31, she was 31 at the time in 1998. And they literally raped her and stabbed her. And, oh, you know, thanks for bringing all down the fucking <laughs> Right, for a person who was like literally taking care of. Do the nutshell story, it's easier on my soul. And their family in Mexico for a decade. And they turned on her like that, bro. Well, listen, you know I what I mean? in the it's background, like, like, Satan worshiping yeah. lizards anyway, Willie. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you, you know what, bro? It's so, it's so fucking, you, you think like it's like when you heard David. Listen, I, they either, they either like, want to oh, suck your blood, they want to suck your dick, you know, lick you know, your ear, they want to fuck your hair. You'll say, you'll say the Satan worshiping lizards, this is crazy. And you know what, man? It isn't crazy. Listen, do it, do it. That's the crazy part. The crazy part is, like, it has to, it has to be that, because what other sense does it make? Listen, do, do real quick, um, for Sean and the guys, uh, Rodney, channel that bad boy. Hey, all right, I tell you, what a crowd, all right, 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 (laughs) we got no respect, all right. Uncle Rodney, it's so good to have you, you know, we're starting the show again, it's gonna, we're gonna do it two times a month, Monday night, on, uh, on, right here. And Uncle Willie, listen, the the night's... Uncle Rodney. Uncle Rodney. I call him Uncle Willie. Uncle Rodney, Uncle Willie, who gives a fuck? Hey, Oh, well, listen. (laughs) That's a great impersonation. You you have to listen. The other Monday nights, me and this really beautiful woman, happens to be Sean's wife. Her name is Lexi. We do a show about, it's called A Natural Affair. It's about eating healthier, and I think you would be interested. Your promotion. You know, you got the wrong guy on that. Because, you know, like... He went right I out of GMO. I hate I hate GMOs, right? But I uh-huh. ain't stopping the chicken parmesan. You know what I you, mean? You don't have to stop. I, the chicken I don't eat parmesan. pot skim nothing. You know, it's real sugar. Like people, like you know, it may be beet sugar or cane sugar. Well, if that shit ain't cane sugar, I don't fucking want it. All right, because I don't need to be eating like seven pounds of beets concentrated right. in a cup of coffee. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm hey, that worked. For, listen, that worked for me, man. I dropped. I wasn't in the weight challenge, but I dropped 27 pounds in a month just from nutrient shaking once a day, splitting it with 66, and it dropped all my bills and my fucking waistline. I look great. Another month, well, I look like I could be on Well, scientifically, you know. You know, I don't want to sound repetitious, but scientifically, you know, all the shit we eat is like food out of a photocopier. It looks like food, it smells like food, but it's not fucking food. It's not food. food, that's right. So, you know what it's I mean? So, basically, you have, to, you have to supplement or you have to grow your own shit. And, that's, and literally, you have to grow it in shit. And you have to grow it in the shit of animals that are yes, eating manure. good shit. Nope. That's it. But, you got to animals that are eating good shit. I mean, literally, if you could, you could take cows that you feed them Cargill. Oh, feed, I see what you're saying. And, and you are just like you are just eating all the fucking GMOs all over yep. again. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean? with that circle, that, that circle of life will run you the fuck over. <laughs> that, that's what I was thinking when he was talking about the the corn feeding and everything. The, the prior caller, uh, you know, ninety no, percent of so the true. corn is, is, Listen, is GMO. Check this out. True science fact. When we were growing up, all right, in the 80s, let's just say, I don't know how old all you people are, but I'm like, conscious mind started caring about shit, watching the A-team, understanding plots and shit all around the 80s, all right? Right. Uh, steak was like $13, and gold was $85 an ounce. So literally, compared to gold, to eat steak at your dinner table was like a $100 meal. 
All right? Why was steak so much in the comparison to the price of gold? Because when you ate a steak, that steak was five years old or older. Because when it ate grass and it drank its mother's milk and this and that, it was a lean machine that took years to get big. Now you get these fucking half-retarded cows that you're feeding corn to, all right? And they blow the fuck up like you're putting General Chow's chicken in a baby bottle. What would that fucking do to a baby? Destroy it's the it. same shit we're doing to the guy. You'd have this fucking Maury baby. You ever see the Maury baby? That's that's 300 pounds and two years old. And oh, he's like, yeah. this is what he eats for breakfast. He's like 12 hot dogs a day or something. Nine hot dogs. <laughs> 20 chicken McNuggets and a cheese. And Maury also eats yodels. You know what I mean? This is the, That's what we're eating. We're eating cows that are fed like a Maury fat baby. Listen, it's all done on purpose. They get you in the air, the food, the water, everywhere. But they don't have total Listen, control people, yet. These people who tell you they want you to be healthy are the same people who tell you there's nothing wrong with GMOs, are the same people who tell you you can't smoke, but are the same people who say there's too many people on the planet. Yeah, they want you I, dead. And so where are you going to draw the line? You want to correct, you want to put your finger in every fucking dam. No, you have don't. a global fucking flood. you got to let you, something burst, let people smoke and listen, kill themselves. Find, you got to find your local establishments. Listen, now that I'm an adult, I could turn around and say, look, I know what I would want. So if I opened a store and put all the things that I know that are good, that I've researched, and just loaded the store with them and, and just sold it for the... And of course you would consult with the ICO. That's would be my a, restaurant, man. There would that be is a my restaurant. Listen, I know, that but... My, when I had my restaurant at home, my, your brother's like, how come you don't make no turkey meatballs? How come you... Because if I don't fucking eat it, I ain't selling it. Because I taste everything before I sell it, and I gotta like what I'm selling. Where's your restaurant you know at? I mean? why, why don't you go ahead and print, pimp your restaurant at while you're on here? No, no, no. I got hit by a bus in 2000 with my wife. Oh, okay. A year and a day before 9-11. The craziest shit was... I won the bid for the World Trade Center Coffee Shop, the company that I was with, C&C, and they were going to put me in the sixth basement of one of the towers to be another coffee shop like I was doing in the bus company. We would have had to rename you then One-Eyed Willie. <laughs> no, they wouldn't, they wouldn't name me the fucking lowest guy in the building when it fucking collapsed. And I would have definitely... Look, I worked at my place at Harlem for five years and never took a day off. If they Yo, switched Willie. me to the World Trade Center, I would have never took a day off either. I'll tell you something funny. I, I would have been in there in June. You Willie was Yo, check it out. There's a couple of us that had incidents. My uh, my father was down, like, four, I think it was four blocks from from the Trade Center on one of the streets fixing something with a bunch of guys when it started to happen and um, I was supposed to work I slept in all day I was so hungover I was like I'm not coming to work fuck off Baz my, one of my best friends was he did, doing security there he decided just not to go to work right and then Susan this girl that lived in Yonkers her dad was on the like top like one of the floors I think was in the 80s there was like no getting him back so it was just everyone had a connection some way or another. My uncle was on the roof of a building a couple blocks away and watched the whole thing, you know? Our wow. studio split. Patrick, it's next my brother, Patrick, my brother, was taking his road test, worked for the Port Authority, was supposed to be on the 80-something floor for a union meeting. And he was in his fucking truck taking a road test to be able to have a class, whatever, driver's license to drive the plow. And the, the fucking building had all his co-workers that he went from being the low man on the totem pole to the top man in his group. In one day. Amazing, isn't it, in how that works? In one day. Hey, and he you... got a call the next day, and they said, you know, Patrick, if you were at that meeting, we would have got you out alive. His boss said. 
And my brother said, yeah, I know. But my brother, let me tell you, man, my brother knew deep in his heart that if he wasn't in that fucking road test, he would have been toast, bro. Yeah, but there's something out there. This is the background noise, Sean, that I talk about all the time. There's something in the universe that's part of the matrix world that we live in, the spider web that gives you the spider sense to just, that's the day you say, fuck it, I'm not down. And then if your energy picks up and then like another person that says, fuck it, because they know that you really know the danger. It's almost like you know already. So but something knows beforehand, shit. and then there's other ones where it's you have to go to work. Uncle Willie, people there. think you have an awesome radio voice. I got, guys, I got guys telling so, me we need to get I'm you a show. Comedian, right? Let me give him a joke for the, for the hell of it, because I never get on the radio and tell just jokes. You know, my job wanted me to go for a anger management class, you know? And I politely told him, I'm not fucking going, cocksuckers. <laughs> Thank you for your concern. Well, listen, you're the man, bro. Yeah, I'm, uh, you're going to come on the high show. In, yeah, Uncle Willie. Well, what I was going to say it's was so the, cool, the craziest shit. Like, when you, when you, like, I felt dirty when I first heard a 9-11 scandal. Was. Like, oh, no, it's not an inside job, blah, blah, blah. When you start hearing that these people were taking $200,000 desks out, like, the day before the fucking shit happened. Yeah, you know something's you down know, there. Like, what the all right, Uncle Will- Willie. Are you that are you that cheap of a motherfucker? <laughs> Uncle Willie, we got to Uncle Willie, we got to wrap the show up here, brother. I appreciate the phone call. You're welcome hey, to call us night. anytime. Love your show, you guys are the best. Thanks, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Good night. Bye-bye. There goes Uncle Willie. Wow, he's a handful. <laughs> Listen, you know what it is? He he saves it all in, and then he he gets his boy on the phone, right? And he's like, "Yo, <laughs> I know Willie from when I was a." baby boy and uh me and him went through school almost our whole lives together and then at one point didn't and then wound up back at school together it was just really weird i just think it's cool that one of our fans called in and that he also is watching this show so yeah that's that's you know what i mean that's exactly what we want to do we want to network yep absolutely all right guys uh anything you want to say for the last words here uh i love lamp (laughs) i I love love you all i no, i'm happy to be down with uh, rosradiolive.com and the family. Now um, we're all family. We're, we're all we family. Are. And, and, uh, I'm yeah. on all two right. shows. Can you imagine that? Yeah, like this is, by the way. <laughs> Can you hear I, me? Yeah. yeah. No, I can't hear him. I, I hear him. Oh, there he is. Testing. <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Well, look, we're all part of the fam now, and it's all because of us that all of this is happening. I'm going to say everybody affected somebody else in a certain way, and it's happening. 66 is a, a monster right now. Lexi is off the charts awesome. <laughs> I mean, we got, we got a hand. You guys are the best. We, come on, we got handfuls of monsters. So handfuls. I, handfuls. Handfuls. And I'm ready to, to lead as a general on the show on Monday nights and give you guys what you want. Excellent. And um, thank you so much. We love you guys. At Heist Click, check us out, Amazon, iTunes. Excellent. Love you guys. Dave, anything? No, that's it. I'm done. All right. Hey, uh, you guys listen to the first 52, the extended version tonight. We gave you four hours. Great show tonight. Uh, I want to thank Dimitri for joining us. Of course, as always, Agent and, and, and Mr. Castle there. Make sure you check out A Natural Affair on Monday. You got Kevin in Arizona with uh, uh, Week in Review tomorrow at 7. And uh, you know what, guys? We're out. Peace. Well, Have a great remember, night. Remember, uh, sharks in the pool are no fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, yeah, and I want to thank Brad Yorkovich. i got to give him a shout-out. Brad, you know I love you. You're coming down for a Raz Fest, I hope. Talk to you all soon. Have a good night. Be safe. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes, emotions misplaced, to love or to hate. I don't know what to do, we're all lost and confused, just trying to get through in this world, always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes, but it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace, when I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake, when I'm risking it all. No time to waste Fuck this bad race I'm leaving this place It's time to blast off Destination's face With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free, unguided through the beautiful, the silent with the light show from a passing UFO, lost in the glow of the unknown. Please don't go. And I don't know how I got here or how I'm getting home But right from day one, I've been in this alone With odds stacked against, I've been drowning in stress They said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left An old man once told me, Allie, don't ever look back Keep your eyes on that prize and give them hell to your death This is a test, just a frequency check for intelligent life, now's time to connect. It's an SOS, the death's been sent. So now we just wait and hope for the best. With the sunset hung behind us, in the universe to blind us from the moon, we'll watch the whole world explode. Moving free, unguided through the beautiful, the silent, and the light shell from a past. Free and guided through the beautiful, the sun.
Love you guys so much. Thanks. The first 52 is the bump diggity.